kick. Welcome back. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things, the number one podcast to rule them all. And in the RSS feeds, bind them. Yeah, he yeah. did it. He did That's it. That's what I was zoning out remembering. <laughs> <laughs> I saw your eyes start to glaze over. Uh-huh. You see that look? You look like Frodo for a second when he yearns for the ring. Yeah, I took my mind back to the depths of Casa Doom. No, you were Sherlock in his mind palace going, mm. my mind palace is like a... <laughs> It's like a, no one could see what Andy just did physically. Because this is a, they literally can see. Steve. Oh, that's right. We have these, <laughs> that's true. I keep forgetting we have these cameras now. Right. Pretty cool. So, huh? It's kind of neat. Yeah, pretty cool. Kind of neat. Yeah, I don't have a mind palace. It's more like a like a haphazard shack. There's like a dude in there that I, he's been he's been sleeping there for months. I can't get him to leave. Dirty Mike and the boys. <laughs> yeah. Your mind palace has a squatter. My, my mind palace is an F shack. So I can't really access things that well. It's called a soup kitchen. <laughs> so this episode, which you surely can't tell, we're going to be discussing uh, the rings of power episode two, which we've just finished watching. Um, and uh, we're going to do a full recap and breakdown mm. in preparation for uh, episode three next week. Hopefully you folks are enjoying the show or at least all, us talking about the show. If you're just now tuning into streaming things uh, for the first time, welcome. 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 We love you. We're glad you're here. You can find us on all platforms. We usually talk about uh, House of the Dragon, Stranger Things, and then a bunch of random uh, movies selected by the patrons and things like that. Other TV shows on occasion. But right mm-hmm. now we're talking about the Rings of Power. Day actually it's day one technically because it was like an early premiere yesterday. Yeah. Um, so hopefully it's it's going well. I haven't seen any numbers or anything as far as how well the premiere did. Have have either of you? I don't know if Amazon shares that stuff. They probably play it pretty close to the chest, right? Especially if it wasn't good. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, but I think there are um I forget the name of it, Samba or something. There's outside sources that can measure based on like the data of smart TVs. That's how they got the numbers for the house of the dragon premiere. When I told you that 2.6 million figure mm-hmm. that was from Samba, like pulling smart TV data. And so we knew it was much higher because of people watching on non like stupid TVs or laptops, tablets, things like that. And then of course it was like almost 8 million higher once we got the real numbers. So any who's there is ways to kind of delve into some data, but I haven't heard anything about it. Have you guys heard any rumblings about the overall critical reception or at least the reception of the public yet? Yeah. I mean, what I've seen online, uh, just from like the people that I follow on Twitter is like, it's surprisingly good. It's not great. It's not Peter Jackson levels, but it is better than it has any right to be. Sure. Now I, I have not had anybody or I've not read about anybody that was like, blown away and like, oh my God, it was worth the billion dollars that they spent on it. But you know, if you had to hazard a guess as to what the IMDB rating of rings of power is right now, what would you say it is? Well, I did hear that it's getting review bombed uh, at least on Amazon. Amazon had to um, cut reviewing on it because it kept getting review bombed. So I don't know. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Uh, so IMDB, if I were to hazard a guess, I would say a 6.9. Nice guess. Uh-huh. Nice. It's actually, it's currently close. You're, it's sitting at a 6.2 okay. uh, because of the review bombing. Because it, now that might sound like, um, I don't know what the word is, arrogant just to say, if oh, that's because of the bombing. But I, I really think even if you really not 
jibing with this show at all. You can you can admit maybe if you're an adult that it does not warrant a 6.2 on IMDb, which typically is pretty gracious, mm-hmm. right? Like there's some hot dog water that <laughs> hot dog water that is like 7.5, right? So yeah. um, for me, I just think that that's that definitely what. And I read a few of the first reviews and any hoozle. That's the general consensus. Is you know. I think people that decided they weren't going to like this show a long time ago is who's making those reviews. Sure. Um, so that's unfortunate. And, and Amazon owns IMDb, I think. Right. So. Oh, I have no, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, about I'm like 99% sure Amazon owns IMDb now. So that's why there's rings of power ads. As soon as you open IMDb everywhere. I mean, no matter what in the world, there's a high chance that Amazon owns it. Yeah. So I mean, just like <laughs> over 50%, no matter what we're talking about. Right. Bezos yeah. has his hand in that pie. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I just want to talk about that. I mean, I'm chronically online because of the TikTok stuff and it is generally positive from the people that, you know, most of the people that I talk to and I respect, um, and in some cases, like very much like a, wow, this is amazing. But I think, um, a lot of folks are kind of cold on it at the same time. Um, especially of like diehard Tolkien fans, um, that have noticed some disparities or. Well, I was talking to, like I said, my friend at work and he was saying that he's glad that they released the first two episodes at the same time. Cause he was like, man, that first episode was real dry. And if that was the only episode that came out this week, he might not have gone back and revisited the second episode after a week's time, yeah. but because it was right there available to him, he's like, I'll give it another shot. And he said the second episode, the one we're reviewing today was the one that turned him around on the show. Oh, okay. Um, so, I mean, maybe there's a lot of that where people are watching that first episode and the first episode, I, I mean, we talked about it last time. The first episode does kind of dip in the middle, at least pacing wise a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I can see where people can kind of be like, ah, I'm not really feeling this one. Let me back out. Well, I could also see like, you know, there's people out there are massive, massive, massive fans of the Lord of the Rings movies. Like mm-hmm. I used to sit around in like freshman math class and type out the script of fellowship of the ring on my calculator. I was that kind of nerd. And so I, I feel like hella bitches. there's oh, dude, like <laughs> three of them. It was incredible. I, I was swimming in it. But anyway, <laughs> point being, uh, I think that a lot of people are such diehard fans. There's like this established expectation of like the tone and most importantly, I think the pacing, I think that, uh, people that are massive fans of this series or of the series of movies don't necessarily, um, get on board with like, Hey, this is going to be an ongoing, hopefully multi-season thing. Mm -hmm. We need to tell a story over, you know, 50 hours instead of nine. And, uh, so you kind of drip feed it a little bit. And, uh, so it feels different, you know? Oh yeah. Totally. It's it's a definite different feel than the Lord of the Rings movies. And I think anybody going into rings of power, like really craving that exact same feel you're it's, it's a lost cause. Um, but I've seen some really stupid criticism as well. Like, and I don't mean to offend anybody, but you know, uh, the typical, the word, the phrase Mary Sue gets brought up. And then this time it's in reference to Galadriel. She's she's literally a fucking elf. (laughs) I don't remember anyone looking at Legolas and calling him a Martin Sue. A Martin right? Sue. I'm just saying. Here's the thing, though. I saw some, I posted the Helm's Deep clip on my TikTok uh, yesterday. Just like I do that 
whenever there's a big premiere, I pick a, one of my favorite scenes. I have a series where I do favorite scenes. It doesn't matter. But I got a, quite a few comments talking about because I mentioned in the video how much I loved Legolas sliding down the stairs on the shield because that is one of my favorite theater moments of all time. Everybody oh, like, God, yeah, that's a goddamn. Wizard, goddamn I, I thought it was ubiquitous. There was a couple comments where it was like, uh, actually, that kind of took me out like his superhero shit. I kind of hate this kind of fan servicey. And there was like a bunch of people like, oh, yeah, for sure, bro. No, you cheered when you were in the theater. It doesn't even matter what they did. I, I disagree if they didn't. I mean, he's he's an elf. Like it's canon that they have like extreme athletic ability. He can walk on top of they snow. Dexterous. Dexterous people. Dexterous. Yeah. Yes. What do your elf eyes see? Right. Because he has elf eyes. <laughs> <laughs> what do you bitch ass elf eyes see? <laughs> so, uh, and yeah, I mean, and nothing that Galadriel does is is anything different than the, no. the exploits that uh, Legolas has been proven to perform. Not at all. I don't, I, I really don't see that criticism. I saw some other all. comments like, ah, oh, she's kind of unlikable, really haughty and mean. And uh, I just uh -huh. don't, I don't see that take. Like she's been alive for millennia and she's for most of that time been fighting this like horrible war where many of her loved ones have passed away against like pure evil like she's not going to be in the greatest mood. Right. Yeah. And you can't comprehend the kind of psyche you would have after being alive for 4,000 years. Right. Like I can't. Yeah. And you know, it's kind of what's called a character arc. They start off in one place Ooh, with the intention come on, share of on ending it. in a different one. Help somebody. Steve, and tell me more. Well, it's, uh, I mean, that's basically my point that I just said. <laughs> I don't know how much. I can make it. Um, <laughs> but what I'm saying is like, yeah, she might be stern and driven and, you know, she suffered a lot. Like she has a great line in this episode where it's like, if I were to say the name of everyone I've lost, it would outlive your lifetime. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of darkness within her because of what she's seen through the battles that she's been through. So yeah, she's going to be a little pissed and angry. How right? old is she at this point? I think she's at least 3,000 and about 8,000 by the time we see, uh, well, maybe 5,000 and then like 8,000 when we see her in Lord of the Rings. Many Dang. thousands. 3,000 is the new 2,500. I, I love say. her 3,000. I'll tell you that. Stacks. Oh, How about that? So any hoozle. Just want to kind of throw that up. That's kind of the vibes that have been bouncing around in my noggin today because I've been reading a lot of reactions and stuff. Uh, I'm currently trying to find the episode description. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I know it's called Adrift is the name of the episode. Mm -hmm. I had it pulled up on my phone, uh, but I was like, I'll just log into Amazon on my computer and then read their description for the for the fans, for the listeners, for the bros, for, for the for, for the fam, for the homes. But uh, there's no description on, on there that Skills. I can find on my laptop. Oh, interesting. And I Googled it. I'm going to walk you through the whole process right now, Steve. I Googled it. Okay. You tried Google. Got a bunch of articles and recaps and whatnots. I got it here for you. Drop it on us, Andy. Episode two, Adrift. Galadriel finds a new ally. Elrond faces a cold reception from an old friend. Nori endeavors to help a stranger. Arendir searches for answers while Bronwyn warns her people of a threat. Mm. That all checks out. Yep. Those things do happen. Yeah, I, I pretty much did our job, but that's all the time we have right now. <laughs> that was a good ass recap, Amazon. Bezos, you, you crushed it. Uh, so we just finished watching it. And I guess we got to start with this. We got the opening credits. Yeah. Steve and Andy were disappointed. It was not the Entertainment well, Weekly. What plug. was your overall thoughts? Ah, oh, 
None of your biz. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Steve, what was your overall thoughts? I thought it was fine. <laughs> yeah. Anticlimactic. Well, I'm just trying to keep us to a schedule, my man. Yeah. Uh, no, I thought it was fine. Um, this, this episode didn't really blow me away. There were a couple of things uh, action-wise that I thought were kind of confusing, but um, there's one thing that happens, well, a series of scenes that happen in this episode that I really, really like and mm-hmm. I want to see more of. Um, but overall... Um, I thought it was okay. There are so they're they're definitely like creating mystique and mystery, and they're actually starting. I feel to really lay the groundwork for what the story of the season will be. Because last last episode was There's a lot a f- of prologue exposition, background yes. setting. Now I feel like they're finally set dressing for what the actual motivating factors for the characters the next couple of seasons will be. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think a couple of these plot threads need to be accelerated a little bit. Hopefully by next episode, it's like okay, let's get. Moving along on this one. Yeah. Because uh, we're two episodes in and I feel like there's a couple plot threads. I'm like, okay, let's like let's, who let's kind of fucking go. Let's who go. is the stranger? Yeah. Like, can the stranger talk, please? <laughs> I, I, I don't need him just like huh? for another episode. I would, that would drive me nuts. Um, but yeah, that, that's my overall thoughts. Andy, what about you? Um, so uh, th- this episode didn't do it for me as much as the the pilot did. Uh, but I will say that it, it, it had higher highs for me that there were a couple of moments in this that, uh, really, really spoke to me and, uh, more of that and less of everything else. Mm. I, I, I was there, there, I teared up a couple of times and, um, there was some absolutely fantastic cinematography and a couple of, of things. And I'll talk about that later when we get to our, uh, old Toby's, but, um, no, I, uh, agree with you that there is a thread or two that needs to pick up the pace. Um, and it's also a little jarring jumping around between these very disparate uh, um, points of view. And uh, I, I feel like it, it would have been nice to tie a couple of them in a little bit together to lead towards more because we only have eight episodes, right? We do. So we're a quarter of the way through. Oh, right? damn. And uh, you, you would think that you would have a little bit more of a, hey, we're towards the end of act one feel to it. And we're not. Um, but overall, I, I, I do. But we I, don't have any run times, I don't think, leaked. Not that I'm aware of. And Fair. Stranger Things season four broke the, 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 the floodgates open. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, so but yeah, um, I, I did like it. Yeah, for, for, I did as well. I think I think we pretty much all agree. I don't know that I would say this episode is not as strong as episode one, um, but I agree that there's a couple plot threads that I wish would get moving. Uh, uh, I'm eager. But at the same time, there's a few like central mysteries that I'm very curious to have solved. So they're doing their job there and mm-hmm. I'm definitely not bored. Uh, I think Morfitt Clark again, I'm going to shout out to Morfitt Clark. Uh, I, I realized yesterday that she's in St. Maud, which is a horror movie that, that I am very fond of. Um, so anyway, I, I just, there's a few central mysteries that I'm, I wish they would, reveal, but I'm also at the same time, like, Hey, I'm really aching to know. So at the same time they did their job, right? Mm-hmm, that's um, true. Leave and, them wanting more. And I think I know which moment or sequence, uh, or plot thread in this episode that you love so much. Uh, I am pretty sure we're on the same page there. Yeah. You can probably, I, I think some patico did on all of our faces. <laughs> yeah. We're having a good time. <laughs> yes. Uh, so now let's get right into the meat of the episode where we get the opening credits. Um, so it was not the entertainment weekly PBS thing. Mm, of course. Dang it. Part of me wanted you guys it to are both sad. I wanted it to be that dumb, you know? Yeah. Uh, spend a billion dollars and that's your intro. Like that's, yeah. that's that, that would have been so bad that it's good. 
But no, I actually really like this with like the uh, magnet sand moving around. I don't know if any of it was practical, but like if it wasn't, then the effects were really well done. Yeah, I feel like because they did that teaser with the real molten uh, metal that I think that they probably use. I think there's like a, a table with like magnets on it that moves sand mm-hmm. around. I think that's a thing. It's like the you've seen the videos on YouTube where like people put sand on speakers or paint on speakers and blow it around and it makes these cool shapes and stuff. So yeah. like gave me those kind of vibes. I thought it was sweet. And we saw that uh, Howard Shore did the music for that opening, which was dope. Yeah. Howard Shore returned. So I guess Bear McCreary did like the overall score for each episode. And then Howard Shore, who did the score for the Lord of the Rings trilogy, uh, came back to do the theme for the Rings of Power. So that's cool. And we also saw that they changed the font on the Rings of Power title there so that may be sad but that's okay we're just here with the big news you know like the the breaking news here that's all so then we cut to the first scene and galadriel is in fact just fucking swimming in the ocean still g in the sea just drifting 50 years later g in the sea yep that's what they call that scene that's what my note was and the sky i just want to throw this out there it looked beautiful Mm -hmm. i don't know if it was practical i feel like it was but it might have been the volume either way loved it she very, was very she, pretty. She was looking up. She was being a boat. Oh, she's being a boat. She wouldn't be in a rock. No, she ain't being a rock. She's being a boat. She's she, looking up at the she, stars. She might have been looking first, looking up at some stars that. But uh, later, she referenced later. Later, she drops like a rock. That's true. But also, she was looking up at the stars, which we recently one of the stars dropped like a rock on the world. Oh my God, Finrod! <laughs> I wish you were here to see this. Fin- <laughs> Finrod would have been beside himself. He would like I need to change my whole metaphor. Right? Like, peace, he would have been homie. like Gladwell. Come here, I got to whisper something else. No, he would have screamed. Harold Elrond, jot this down. <laughs> uh, and then we cut to Nori and Poppy. They're standing above the crater where the meteor man has just fallen. Do you remember that? Superhero movie, Meteor Man. Man. (laughs) Good pull. Uh, And I still I still think that's that's Gandalf. But I actually have a new theory. I like your new theory that it might not be. I think it's very possible that that man is Sauron, not Gandalf. And the fact that he's very Gandalfy is uh, 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 what's the word? A miss a miss uh, when they when you misdirection, a misdirect. Is not the word I was looking for, but that fucking works. I'd love you. Okay. I love you. (laughs) A red herring. Sure. A Maltese. So what do you guys think? (laughs) What do you guys think about it? Maybe being Sauron. I love that theory. Um, That would be incredible. That would be so much better than what it probably is. I think, I don't know the lore that deeply, but I I would guess that Sauron fell to earth faster than Gandalf or came sooner. Uh, My understanding is, yeah. (laughs) My understanding is, yes, that Sauron did show up on middle earth before Gandalf did. So that would be kind of, and I like the idea of making this character that we know become super villainous and treasonous and subverting everyone. And then you get to see like the beginnings of like, Oh, this is why everyone liked him. But you can like plant that little seed. Like there's a little bit of darkness in him, yeah. but he's a G. He Cause likes- at one point he was a good dude. Yeah. That otherwise Gandalf wouldn't have said, since when does Saruman the wise reason for madness? Tell me, friend. <laughs> Abandoned reason for madness. Fuck. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. I'm not going to be allowed it. in the wizard club. <laughs> I hope if uh, if it is Sour Man, they should they should just uh, he that guy needs to do his best Christopher Lee and just talk in the deepest voice possible. Just pull out a purple mm-hmm. lightsaber. Sorry. Playing <laughs> metal music. <laughs> that's, that, metal that's a deep Christopher Lee cut. He no. has a couple metal albums. Yeah, yeah, we we, yeah. we dig it, man. I went for Dooku though. We, we both knew that reference. <laughs> Chris and I both, all two of you. Yeah, mm-hmm. we knew that one. We mm-hmm. were we, we knew what you were doing the whole time, the whole time. Uh, so then, 
Poppy accidentally pushes Nori into the crater and she realizes that even though it's covered in flames and like molten rocks, none of it's hot. She says, in fact, it's not hot. It's not hot. <laughs> it's like good. the inverse of episode one where the, the torch wasn't warming them up. He's like, my hands are cold. Is it the inverse? No. Yeah. No, it's the same thing because the flame wasn't hot. Oh, yeah. yeah in the right. cave. Flames just ain't hot in this Which, world. So there are some theories that the guy in the crater is not a good person at all. In fact, the fireflies at the end dying would lend us to believe it's not Gandalf or Saruman, but some sort of evil Maiar, maybe. Ooh, maybe it's Ma- Sauron. What, what was the other guy's name? Megadeth? Radagast? Morgoth. Morgoth, yeah. Oh. By the way, correction from last episode, <laughs> when I said uh, when I said that, that Melti- was it Melticor? Melicor, Melicor, and Ungoliath, the spider, killed the two trees. Um, apparently, that's another name for Morgoth. So it's the same. Mm. It's the same Valar. Just to be clear, okay. He just goes by shape. A few just, listeners wrote in to tell me that. So he wears many hats. It's one of his many names. Everybody that I Google or everybody that I look up for the lore has like five or six names. So mm. I'm just sticking with the one name. The man a, has no name. There's Elrond. That's true. There's Harold. There's <laughs> Harold, Harold Elrond. We don't know that was his whole name. Harold. Uh, but then the, the homeless Gandalf wakes up and uh, there's like a really cool fire scene. Cause like he, his, his powers start to swirl. The, the fire kind of rises mm-hmm. and then goes out completely. But then when he passes back out and lays back down, the fire ignites. Oh, yeah. That was ignites so again. cool. Loved it. That so was cool. That was the strange wizard's version of bad touch because she touched his arm and he freaked oh, yeah. out. Bad mm-hmm. touch. No. Mm-hmm. That's what wizards do. Yep. Uh, and Nori, Nori wants to help. She feels compelled to help homeless Gandalf. Uh, and Poppy's like, ah, we got to go. And their whole, the Harfoot clan, like the Harfoot people, what they do is they're, they're, they're migratory, right? They're, they're not vagrants. Nomadic. Nomad, nomads. I was going to say vagrants. <laughs> 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 They're vagrants. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, then um, they travel a lot and it's almost time for them to go to a new camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, any hoozle. That's what uh, Sadok was looking at the stars for earlier with his book, was trying to figure out when it was time to change locations. Oh, okay. yes. That's his whole function, I think. And he draws those little symbols and stuff in there. Um, that's why I was freaking out over that book when the two uh, moose hunters were going by. He was like, hold up. The book doesn't say the moose hunters are supposed to be here yet. Yes, they're early and they don't like anything changing, anything different. So Poppy's trying to hold her back. We, we can't help this guy. We got to go. But she feels compelled. So then we cut back to to what we're talking about. Malva and, and Sadok uh, are discussing omens. And, you know, he's seen the star fall and and they're kind of obviously there's a lot of foreboding around surrounding it. And she's like, maybe we should go now a little couple of days early, even though the festival's coming up or whatever they're about to do. And Sadok's like, hey, it might be safer to keep the camp where it is. She's like, ah, that's true. And then he's like, be gone with you, ladies, and, <laughs> which is kind of funny. So I guess he's like the leader. He seems to be, at least in some capacities, he's definitely high up in the Council of Harfoot. He's got a lot of respect in the yeah. Harfoot community. Yeah, he's an elder. He's the big toe. I mean, I would respect anyone who rocks mutton chops like that guy. Holy shit. Those are actually called Burnsides. Burnsides? So I, yeah, I learned this. Uh, what, what show did I watch? Oh, Blackbird on Apple TV Plus with Taron Edgerton. Really good show, by the way. Uh, but there's a, like a serial killer in that show uh, that wears those what we call mutton chops. Right. But apparently there was a, like a civil war general called general Burnsides who rocked those motherfuckers so hard. And so they call them Burnsides now. And then over time, people started calling them sideburns, but they're actually Burnsides. Really? Interesting. And wow. I imagine that's all true, but I got it from the TV. 
I mean, hey. if Taron Edgerton said it, then it's definitely true. Yeah, for sure. Taron Edgerton would not lie. I think it was actually the guy from Cobra Kai, but it's neither here nor there. It's not this show. This is this show. We cut back to uh, Nori and Poppy and Homeless Gandalf in a wheelbarrow. Uh, I don't know how they got him in the wheelbarrow or out of the crater, but I'm just going to give the show that much. <laughs> There's also elves. He's, so. He is a giant compared to them. Poppy keeps calling him a giant. He is, but he's he is enormous. A, he hasn't eaten in, I don't think, ever. So maybe he's kind of light. Maybe he's more brittle than he looks. What if he's dense, though? He's made of like meteoric material. So that's that's a heavy, dense material. We don't know what he's made of. He could be made of the moths that he whispers to in the trilogy. It's true. He could be made of serpents and lies. <laughs> could. We don't know. That's the whole point. And, and the dreams of all Harfoots. He's just a man shaped question mark I, right I, now. I do love how they're like they got him in this wheelbarrow thing and they're shoveling him up that hill and Poppy's super upset about it. Nori's like, no, I have to help him. And they like kind of stop pushing him for a second to start arguing. And he starts <laughs> rolling the physical comedy yeah. of it was so that was, And that, good. I think you guys were kind of craving that from the first episode, this kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like the whimsical element. Silly Hobbit shenanigans. Yeah. I want, shenanigans I want in this like case. the old man smiling at Gandalf with the little fireworks shooting out the back of his caravan <laughs> and, the mo- and the wife being like, hmm. And he's like, hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Proud fruit. Yeah. We did get a really great, uh, great goats. So I love that. I'm, I'm trying to write all the fun little. Me too. That yeah. Makes it. Great goats. What great we, goats. What did we get from the first episode? I wrote down. Uh, <laughs> you, rattle you, your dags. No, rattle and dags is great. But the slur that I found is uh, onion eyed scut. Onion. Oh, I like that oh, one. That's how you cut somebody out. And, well, and onion, fighting words. Onion eyed scut. You onion eyed scut. Oh, I'm t- oh, onionized. I'm, I'm walking right up to the. You biggest, better be. You better enunciate really I'm well. Right up to the biggest dude in the. Prison <laughs> You're gonna yard. get nervous and go, you onion eyed slut. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. And he's like, me? hey. Uh, but I like there's a little scene, too, before the cart rolls where they're kind of arguing with each other and they're discussing what species the man might be. And I like the little jab that they took at humans there um, because he's like, oh, he's no he could be an elf, but he's nowhere near handsome enough to be an elf. And there and she's like, well, he might be human, I guess. And she's like, <laughs> he would have been squished if he fell you know, that far as a human, mm-hmm. um, which none of the other species had that particular argument. So I just took it to mean that they're soft as Charmin in her eyes. And I, I as a human, soft as Charmin, <laughs> as a human, I appreciated that bears wipe their asses with humans. Yeah, for sure. They're like, ew, ew, a human. Uh, so they, eventually they don't wake him up or anything. They, they hide the body. Uh, and there's some characterization for Nori that I really appreciated where, you know, Poppy's like, what the hell has gotten into you? Who cares about this guy? And she's like, she wants to be, she's got that Bilbo, uh, you know, disease where she, she wants she craves adventure. She craves adventure, but at the same time, she really wants to be seen. She wants to feel important. And she's like, I feel like he's important and I'm the one who found him for a reason. So there's some sort of sense of destiny. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's he could like, have landed anywhere and he landed next to me. Yeah, this is my chance. I think there's something really big going on. This is my part to play in the story. And it's like kind of it's kind of metatextual. So I really appreciated that. Uh, I thought that was a cool moment and and uh, a really well acted scene. Don't ruin this for me, Poppy. Nah. Da. Was that a good Nori, I don't know. Uh, yeah, sure. Eh, and then I liked it. Five, six out of ten on IMDb. Yeah, I mean it's no <laughs> six point two out of ten. It's it's, it's no doctor. It's no Doctor Brenner. Okay. By the way, what do you think Doctor Brenner thinks about this show? Uh, well, uh, sorry, I was <laughs> I was asleep and I was awakened from my slumber, and I. You guys are talking about Tolkien. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of his novels. Are you? Mm, I read them every summer. Like a young Christopher Lee. I know what I bet I know what you'd like about the Tolkien novels. Mm, tell me what you think about me. Well, the Hobbits <laughs> somewhat resemble 
children, wouldn't yes. you say? And they do a lot of fighting. Well, that's my least favorite part of the book is the hobbits as a whole don't fight at all. It's only just the four. <laughs> now, yeah. now, don't get me wrong. I love those four, especially that Sam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it when he comes out and it's like, I'll have you long shanks. Oh. <laughs> If he had mind powers, oh, Dr. B, calm yourself down. <laughs> Buy tickets to that, baby. But the rest of the hobbits, eh. Yeah, yeah. I uh, get it. Remember that one got beheaded by a Nazgul? <laughs> no. That was, that was cool. I don't remember that. It was a cool, the camera cut away. You didn't see it. Oh. It, was, it was implied. <laughs> <laughs> then we cut to Aaron Deer and Bronwyn. It's the first time we see them in this episode. Uh, and there's, they're, they're looking through the ancient village. Well, I don't know how ancient it is, but what's the name of this place? Osphereth or Ostirith? Ostirith. Yeah. They're in Ostirith. There's a bunch of death and decay, dead animals. And they, they go to one of the houses. Bronwyn actually knows the people that are supposed to live there. And they find like, there's a big, it's not a sinkhole. There's a big tunnel. So the, we later find out our orcs have been tunneling underneath these villages, right? Orc made. Orc made tunnels. Yes. I thought Mm -hmm. I have the craziest, dumbest brain when you said orc made and I immediately pictured an orc wearing a French maid outfit with like a little (laughs) duster and just got so confused. (laughs) It's like, why would he put that image in my, Oh, Hello, orc. Mademoiselle. orc made as an adjective, not a noun. Which that uh, answered it for me why they've had like the dying grass and like the leaves that are have like the nasty pus coming out of them and stuff. It's the orc tunnels that are tainting the plants in the area. And then the cows ate the grass mm-hmm. and now they have motor oil milk. Mm-hmm. This place mm-hmm. needs to be cleaned <laughs> with evil. Let me get my duster. <laughs> I like the little French orc accent too. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> that explains Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Aaron Deer decides to go in the tunnel. Bronwyn goes back to her village to warn all of her folk. And we cut back to Elrond and Celebrimbor. That's another uh, piece of criticism. People hate the casting of Elrond. Uh, and a lot of people, I know nothing about Celebrimbor are upset about Celebrimbor. He's supposed to be much younger, much cooler. He's a really important figure, apparently. And they're like, yeah, that's a guy's a douche. What do you guys think? Do you know anything about Celebrimbor from the video game or whatever? Or? I mean, in the video game, he was a ghost. So uh, hard to say. The ghost of a young, handsome man or? Well, I mean, the only thing that I guess they could have as an argument is like he is an elf. So should he look as elderly as he does, maybe? But I mean, Elrond was, uh, how old was Hugo Weaving in that? Like 40, mid, mid no. 40s? So I don't know. I don't know. You, but we none of us here take any issue with Keller so Brimbor like, or Elrond. Yeah. I mean, Keller Brimbor has been in the show for like, what, maybe a combined four minutes. minutes. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's it's hard to tell. I did have someone who's much more steeped in Lord of the Rings background lore and Silmarillion stuff kind of give me the 411 on Keller Brimbor today. Did I say that right? I think so. I don't uh, think anybody says that yeah. after like 1999, but in that time area, you would have said it properly. Yes. Well, I mean, Keller Brimbor, is it? Oh yeah. yeah. I, thought oh, you yeah. You <laughs> I thought you were asking if you said <laughs> the ADM 411 correctly. I know. If, I know I said that right. <laughs> no, I'm talking about the thing that doesn't exist in our world. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's <laughs> um, Keller Brimbor. No, but he gave me the, and I won't say it here because I'm, I'm worried it might be spoilery if, if sure. I kind of tell that guy's whole tale, but uh, that's where I was at when I brought him up during the old Toby's last episode. Like, yeah, yeah he's important. 
So like, yeah, I, I didn't realize that was, he was as important of a character as he is. So it was like, Oh shit. All right. Well, I'm introduced for that guy to actually have some goddamn screen time. Mm-hmm. And I'm also, you know, the entertainment weekly, I know we keep bringing it up cause it's such like cinematic gold. It's like the, <laughs> it's like the Nicole Kidman AMC ad of Lord of the Rings at this point. Um, his his appearance, Keller Brimbor's appearance, where he's like "hello" and then points yeah. like points off into the sky. I had such a different idea of what that character was going to be based off that one little shot of him. Like, oh, I have personality. Look at the theater. Like he had that little like like energy C-3PO to him. Po vibe. Yeah, he looked like he would be like a Bilbo Baggins, like buttoned up, like I'm kind of fancy but fun. Uh, yeah. But then in the show, so far at least, this could be different. He's like, yes, I'm here and. He seems I pretty make things and but I want to make other things. <laughs> the king won't let me make the things I want to make, and I just want to make those things. I just want to dance. My favorite scene with Celebrimbor is good. Elrond, help me build a slave labor I force so I can build my things. I, I cut ahead to say this, but it's hilarious to me that Elrond takes him all the way. I guess that's not cutting far ahead. Takes him all the way to uh Casa Doom. And he's like, ah, oh, my homies live here. Hold on one second. Go away! And he's like, oh, fuck, they won't let me in. Actually, and the, like, if you look at the map, as far as I can tell, they're on foot. And this is like a, a couple days journey is what it looks like at least, right? And he's like, ah, oh, they won't let me in. You need to go back. I'm going to take care of it. And the guy's like, oh, okay. I'm like, he would be pissed. Yeah. Right. I got to walk back by myself. It's scary. <laughs> I'm lonely. I don't have provisions. I was promised salted pork the entire walk mm-hmm. up here. I am the literal lord of Aregion. He's completely Urigion. Is that, is that what the place is called? Yes. The smithing place. Okay. And I didn't even bring any guards. He's no. fresh out of Limbus bread. No, no. Yeah. It's called. I was, I was just telling you about how much I like the dwarves building things and they, I can't even watch them build things. Oh, oh well, I never, I'm going to have to walk over there and build things of well, my own. I never. Hello. Hello. I know that's not how he's going to, how he talks in the show, but that is how he's going to talk on this show. Just warning all of you guys. Once he cheers up a bit and becomes more of himself. But yeah. The, the, the Smith city is called a region, I think. Okay. Or a region. I don't know. Uh, and then there, the scene opens with him talking about this fucking hammer, right? That built the Silmarils. It's a special hammer. Uh, and the person who built the Silmarils is Feanor. And they mentioned him as well. Um, and Morgoth stole, the Silmarils and starts staring at him. He's like, Oh, these are pretty. Oh, these are so pretty. I love mm-hmm. these Silmarils. Where'd you get these? And oh, Fanor was like, I made them. <laughs> I made them with my hammer. <laughs> I made them myself. Yeah, I love my hammer with Elrond. These are so beautiful. You know what? I might just <laughs> hang up my evil and ways and, and go straight. It's just, me. oh no. Oh, wait. I just saw my reflection. Oh, I am hideous. No, I can't do that. I'm just going to be a bad oh, boy. Oh my God, I'm a monster. So the thing that he wants to build, Celebrimbor wants to build a tower. Things. To hold a forge so he can make things in. So he needs to build the thing to make other things with. Here's yeah. where I'm at, guys. Don't even look at me because I think you guys know this right, already. I don't know any Celebrimbor lore and that rhymed. Celebrimbor lore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that tower has the high potential to be. I looked at him. The Tower of Mordor, right? And the forge that he's going to build, he succeeds in building. And that's the forge where the rings of power are forged. I wish the verb wasn't the same as the noun. You see what I'm saying? That's quite a lot of things for me to build. I, I, I see what you're saying. Does anybody have any input or can you not say? I have no reaction. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's blank. my prediction. I'm a blank slate, baby. You ain't getting mm. nothing out of me. I'll never talk. That's the idea I got from the tower. Steve May, second platoon, first sergeant, 
I don't know. I'm, well doing done, that. Sir. I'm, doing that. I'm doing that thing they do if you get captured in the army. Where you talk really slowly. <laughs> and you just say your rank over and over again. <laughs> oh, I get it. I'm not questioning you. Yeah. Just in case I do. Steve May. <laughs> second platoon. <laughs> first of his name. Dick and balls streaming things. <laughs> That's your rank here, buddy. Dick and balls. Uh, then they go to Khazad Doom uh, and we get to meet Prince Durin. We've heard about before. Durin. So, so remind me, the whole time we were watching this, I was like, I know I'm supposed to know that name Durin, but I cannot for the life of me remember why. Because the dwarves mentioned Durin. Yeah. He's, he's a legendary figure in their past. Okay. Um, so a lot in The Hobbit because there's like, what, 13, 12? Something like that. Dwarves yeah. that we get to see and we get a lot of genealogy because Tolkien's like that. Uh, but then even... Gimli, I think, talks a lot about stuff like that. Mostly Balin, but also all the way back. Balin, Dwalin, Gimli, Gloin. Mm, Balin, Dwalin, Gimli, mm-hmm. Gloin. <laughs> you should make that into a song, my guy. Balin, Dwalin, Gimli, Gloin. Uh, and then we go to... Everybody's turned this off already. The... <laughs> <laughs> the, as we've already stated, the dwarves deny him entry, and uh, Elrond is very confused because he's really good friends with Durin. He's like, they're going to uh, herald me with ram's horns, trumpets, or whatever, and yeah. salted pork. And he's like, I, El, uh, Elrond, I, Elrond, friend of Durin, request an audience. And he's just like, no. <laughs> yeah, shuts the thing. That's awesome. And the door is fucking awesome because the dwarves have very good uh, handiwork <laughs> and peepholes. But I was just going to say, peepoles. in general, handiwork. <laughs> very specific there, Andy. I love the dwarvish little helmet that he has, where it's like a. Yeah, we've never seen those face masks protects before. Their beards as well. Oh yeah, got you to. Got to protect the beard. You don't want their beard to be wounded in battle. I mean. If if you didn't protect your beard, people could just go up and yank on it like mm-hmm. an Aragorn does to Gimli. And, and then Machine Gun Kelly beard, would come up. The beard. Machine Gun Kelly would come up and be like, your beard's weird. <laughs> Is that something Machine Gun Quit Kelly on does? The mic. Yeah, he, that's what, that was his diss track to Eminem. One of his points, your beard's weird. Oh, I, I, I don't know this. And then Eminem's response, the opening of the song is like, your beard's weird. Your beard's weird. Quit Stop yelling at the mic. mic. Anyway, oh, hmm. you've never heard this? This is like hot news a hey, couple you years know, ago. I, I happily live my entire life ignoring everything Machine Gun Kelly does. That's so. fair, but <laughs> I'm just saying I like, I'm an Eminem fan. Eminem, Eminem. So then he decides to send uh, old man Keller Brimbor home. <laughs> Actually, you know what? My bad. Go back. Uh, I'm going to invoke the right of Sigintrag. And immediately the dwarves are like, oh, shit. Open the door. Sigintrag. Sigintrag. We got a Sigintrag. Oh, shit. We got one of them. Sigintrag. Yeah, they don't have phones. Sigitees. Come on, guys. We got some Sigitees. Sigitees coming through. <laughs> and so they escort uh, Elrond through the Casa Doom. And uh, yeah, that's what fine. a cool. I'm so happy we got to see this dwarvish city in its heyday. Casa yeah. Doom, for those who don't know, is Moria. So the mines of Moria are the same as Casa Doom. So it's the first time we've gotten to see them in their full glory. Yeah, because we've only seen really just the the empty, vacated. Uh, what do you call it? The rubble of crumbling, of this crumbling uh, kingdom. Orc and Balrog ridden hellhole. They delve too greedily into. And deep. like, I love mm. the idea that they've got this like system of mirrors where they're like reflecting the sunlight onto their crops so they can grow crops underground. And- Is that what they were doing? Yeah, he had the light shining down on the crops at one point. I didn't peep that. They also use it as just general light source, and there's waterfalls. It's oh, it's such a neat looking place. Like I ah, let's let's stay here. I like this place. It was really cool. It's the it's the most interesting dwarvish city we've seen in all of the Lord of the Rings property, including uh, the Hobbit films. Because I know we spend a lot of time in the name of that city in the Hobbit. Where I, I hate lot. those movies. Oh, okay. 
Well, that, <laughs> it's better than that place. Yeah. Okay? For sure. I mean, this was, this gave me chills because, you know, you could see some, some kind of recognizable landmarks visually from the mines of Moria in the early aughts. Um, the big pillars, but at the same time, like you said, it's yeah, exactly it, but it's so grandiose and magnificent. And like, I would like, most people would miss the sunlight. I would love to live in there as long as I could get like a giant TV, yeah. some surround sound. <laughs> I that, would live there all the time. That'd be me. Maybe a jacuzzi. I like ram's horns. Mm-hmm. I like salted pork. I love salted pork. Oh my God. Bro, I wouldn't like be mining anything. Definitely Old not. Beer. They call it a mine, Chris. <laughs> a mine. A mine. <laughs> uh, and then, they, so then the, the uh, what's it called? Sigintarag starts during, you know, walks in. Uh, very, very confident, very very hurt inside, we find out. So he's actually covering that all up with this ego. Mm-hmm. And all the other dwarves are fucking hyped about Sig and Tarag. They haven't seen a Sig and Tarag in 100 years. Yeah, they want to see Durin just fucking wreck this high elf, high flute elf coming into their city thinking he can mm-hmm. ask for uh, an audience with the <laughs> prince. <laughs> he elf thinks wants he can break bang. rocks. Yeah, mm-hmm. his elf's about to kick rocks. Yep, for real. Hell yeah. And the Sig and Tarag about to rattle are, them dags. <laughs> yeah, he's about to rattle his dags on out of the dwarf territory. Mm-hmm. And the Sig and Tarag is a risky move because if he loses, he has to uh, he's forbidden from entering dwarven lands of any kind on the on the world ever. Right. But if he wins, he gets to request a boon. He's banished. But I don't think he's his intention. Spoiler alert for later. We skip a few scenes, but he, he loses. He forfeits. He didn't look that tired to me. No, he, he was think, a little I, tired. I, I think he was faking. I think he was like, I'm not, I'm never, I'm not going to get anywhere if I beat Durin, mm-hmm. right? Like that's going to yeah. piss him off in his homeland. He's got to make him feel guilty. He wants to see why his, his so-called friend is upset with it's him. So Elrond is oblivious. But I love how that it starts. I didn't like the uh, logistics of the game because they bring one rock each and it takes a long time for those two rocks to get there. I'm like, you should have brought more rocks because... <laughs> Like the whole thing is an endurance, like should have been a, a, a train. <laughs> it's an endurance test for like, how long can you just stand around and wait? Wait for the next rock. Like immediately they broke both of them and the guy was still standing there with the empty cart. And they all looked at him like, hey man, ah, more rocks. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I smoked the rest of them. I got really excited about singing to rock. <laughs> uh, anyway. I love it when you crack rocks. <laughs> but I love how uh, the doors... Are enjoying the show. They're, they're they are enjoying the show. It's like pro wrestling to them. Like they keep cutting to the audience members and they're like, "Break that rock!" I know, and they do these and little like sticking their tongues. Out. <laughs> they do these little Dutch angles. Uh, it, that was really well done. A really fun scene. I absolutely loved yeah, it. Yeah, very fun. Uh, and we cut back to Nori and uh, Gandalf. Or oh, I'm sorry, Nori and the Stranger again. Uh, and now he's like scraping symbols like a madman on the rocks and NASCAR uh, go. Yeah, well, and then Nori's, I love Nori's little like, colloquial gestures, gestures, right? Like, I forget what tugging on the ear means. I think it's like a, I won't hurt you. I'm a friend like I'm kind of thing. the truth or something. Yeah, something non-threatening. Or I swear. And then her, like, introduction of herself is like a forehead, shock today thing, mm-hmm. Kalima. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm Nori. And she's like, I'm Nori. And he's like, yeah, I'm Nori. So he's, he doesn't speak any language. He seems to have no memory of his own name. This is what we, we're, this is where Steve gets really frustrated. And then at one point he's like, I have no memory of this place. Yeah. He's been smoking old Toby out in space. That's what we now learned. <laughs> he got so high. You, you ever get so high you went to space? Finest Sweden in the whole damn universe. It's dope. Kiki. <laughs> um, and then, yes, he eats snails, but with the shells on. She's like, that's not how you do it. And he's like, crunch, crunch. He's like, I like crunch. Mm-hmm. And he seems to be like, these are delicious. This was the first ever instance in Middle Earth of an argument where someone was arguing that creamy peanut butter is better. but And then someone else was saying, no, crunchy peanut butter is better. Wait, how do you feel? You don't like crunchy peanut butter? What? 
You don't like. There are people who battle like which one's better. Oh, okay. Which one do you prefer, Steve? Yeah, Steve. I, you know, this isn't war. I don't have to pick a side, okay. right? Okay. okay. I like That's them both. Fair. I'm peanut butter agnostic. Yeah, me too. I, I eat all peanut butters. But there are some people who are like hardcore, like crunch or die. <laughs> I don't like people that give me ultimatums. So I know that it, it, it was uh, <laughs> annoying. About my peanut butter. <laughs> it was annoying by the end of the episode that Gandalf still like, or the stranger still wasn't speaking and uh, was generally um, just going <gasps> the, the whole episode. But I did like when he's going through like the hand gesture thing with Nori, when she like shows him how, how to eat the snail and then she licks her fingers and then he starts licking his fingers too. He's learning how to be a human. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't just like, I don't remember, I don't remember who I am. It's like, I don't know what I am. And I thought that that was pretty He literally has just now been turned from a Maiar into this form. Mm -hmm. And so he has no memories of his celestial self yet. If ever. He's like, oh fuck, food's pretty good. Yeah. And so that's, that's neat. I get it. And this is kind of like the beginning of the John Connor when he stands up naked and he's like, oh, just kind of learn how to walk, you know, or even more, more like Neo. When he's like, oh, my legs are sore. And he's like, he's like, never I used know them. Kung Fu. <laughs> and eventually he's going to be like, I know Kung Fu. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I, I ultimately like this scene, but I'm just, in a, if you guys had to wager, okay. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of money, let's say five, six bucks. Oh, that, that's dude. That's a, that's a week's paycheck for me. Who would you wager that the stranger is Steve? Right now? Between Gandalf, Sauron, Radagast even. I think there's a small percentage. Gandalf. Because he's kind of Radagasty. He is a little Radagasty. Or it could be somebody that works for Sauron or Sauron himself, because I think he takes many forms. Um, I think that's very low percentage. But anyway, I don't know. What are you thinking? I am going to say... I'm going to say it's uh, just because I want it to happen. I I, th- I want it to be Saruman. So he, but it's not who you think the highest Speaking probability of, I is. Have, I don't know who the fuck it is, mm-hmm. <laughs> but so I'm just going to vote with my heart. And okay. That's my heart. Andy? Tom Bombadil. Okay. No, it's, I, I think it's Gandalf. Interesting. But I, I, it would be dope. 3,000 year old human. Here. Gandalf. I'm going to go Gandalf as well, but I think my idea is pretty cool. I love that idea. Sauron Uh Nori's dad has to help with the festival. That's what we cut to next. He's like, Nori, I'm lazy as shit. I'm working on this wheel. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're setting up a tent or some some giant pole. I don't know why multiple Harfoots were not employed in that particular endeavor. Seems like the safe way to go. Or once it breaks, nobody rushed to help him. Yeah. But it's that's neither here nor there. How bad you like, think oh, that? Oh, fuck. He's trying to hold that up if, without the rope. And had that been What's his daughter, happen? that would have been sad. Was it Malfa that's or somebody... Yelled at Malfa like, hey, Malfa, why don't you help? And she's like, I am helping. I told him to help. Like, <laughs> yeah. Do you think she feels bad? Malva bro- should feel bad. She should. Yeah. She should. Malva. I'm shaking my head at Malva Get for the there, audio folks. Get in there, girl. Come on. Uh, that's when he breaks his ankle and we cut back. This is kind of intercut with her interaction with the, the stranger. And now he's uttering mana ure. Mana Ure is what he keeps screaming. The only, so he can speak. Is it implied that he had something to do with the leg breaking? Because uh, he's like the symbols. The way it cuts back and forth when he like snaps his his stick that he's using, the the dad's uh, leg snaps. It is kind of implied. I don't know if that's for like the tension of the two things yeah, being I juxtaposed like was, on purpose, or if he was. If, I don't know if there's causality there. I think it was just like the tension of the scene, and yeah, I I, I understand though, like when you itch the shot shows the, like the long line of rope and then it shows him like drawing a long line with his stick in the dirt. Like there's implied causality there, but I don't think that that's like intentional. I think that's just trying to ramp tension. Yeah. I don't know. I I think they're trying to, at least they're, they're trying to paint this character as someone who obviously has 
a lot of power, um, but that there is an uncontrollable yeah, nature that's to his actually power. Probably pretty because, accurate honestly. because he ends up accidentally killing, or I assume accidentally killing the fireflies. Yeah. I don't think the, the fireflies are indicative of him being a, a malevolent being. I think it's indicative of him not knowing what he's doing yeah. quite yet. Yeah. I agree with you, Steve. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. I'm so excited to be sponsored by BetterHelp because we here on Streaming Things have been big advocates of mental health and therapy for a long time, but we haven't known how to incorporate it into the show because it's something you have to be really responsible about. I'm actually in the mental health field and I've been looking for a therapist for quite some time, but have been unable to find one. Every time I find a therapist that I connect with, they're either not accepting new patients or they're scheduling so far out. And my willingness to treat my mental health is so low that I just let it go by and don't think about it again for a while because that's how my life is structured. Sometimes I try to solve my own problems with my own mind, but when your mind is the problem, that's hard to do. So I'm so excited to be working with better help. BetterHelp is awesome. If you're thinking about giving therapy a try, it works perfectly. It's convenient. It's accessible. It's all online. It's very affordable. And they help pair you with a therapist that can suit your needs after filling out a brief survey. And you can switch therapists at any time. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash streaming things today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash streaming things. We cut back. That's where we find out more about the dad's broken ankle. And it's important because they're a, they're a nomadic people. And so he can't move. He can't walk now. And so everybody's kind of like, ooh, we're going to leave him behind. Mm, he's super dead. Awkward. You ever played Oregon Trail? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dysentery. We can't, we can't ford a river with you. <laughs> we're going to get dysentery. And uh, Mary Gold is like the, the Harfoot healer's name. Should be noted. Got to keep up. Got to gotta keep up, guys. We cut back to Galadriel, uh, who's still fucking swimming. Genio. We were not joking. At the end of the last episode, I was kind of joking, like, she's got to swim all the way back to Middle Earth. That's true. It was, yep. <laughs> that, that was her only plan. Yep. Hundreds of miles. Luckily uh, for her, she ran across fellow shipwrecked people. And she's an elf. Luckily for her, she can, she would have drowned by now as oh, a human. Oh, that's true, yeah. <laughs> Thank God she I was born with these gifts. I would have made it like 200 yards. <laughs> eh, never mind, I'm going to die. I would have <laughs> sunk the moment I fell into that water. I would have went to Valinor because I'm a pussy. Oh yeah, <laughs> I would have. I would have grabbed. A, I want to go home. Oh, I would have already been holding it. I'd be like, "Take me home, buddy. <laughs> Let's go. Take me there." <laughs> oh, now we take my clothes off. <laughs> <laughs> no, you were already standing there naked on the <laughs> ship. Yeah, this is a total, total like uh, 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 de or like just a total path we shouldn't be going on but i need to i need to go down this path with you guys okay the, I, this question popped into my head this morning and it's been bothering me and i just want to get your guys thoughts on it so okay. you know how they're on the ship they're going to valinor right yes and they're they're very straight and they're not sitting down and the ladies the the, the women come down and they start like disrobing them taking off their armor taking off their swords and all that yeah do they get to go to Valinor with them? What did they do to earn this privilege to go to Valinor? Because I'm just a little. <coughs> I kind of got the impression that they're like the ferrymen. They're like flight attendants. Like they get to go to Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. But like they only hang out for like, it, you know, in the the cabin and then they fly back. So. So that boat, that boat like comes back to Middle Earth like every scheduled time. Yeah. Yeah. To pick so. up to pick up more losers to go back to Valinor. So she didn't have to jump off the boat 
Yeah, for real. I don't think it does return. I think Steve's got a point because like the whole point is like once you get in there, it's eternity. And or she wouldn't have been so eager to not go in there. She would have just returned. Yeah. Yeah. So I think plot hole. Wait, you can't get away from heaven? Dang. You wouldn't want to, typically. You done stuck. (laughs) You done stuck. That's true. You done stuck. Once you get to the good place, Andy, you can't leave the good place. (laughs) Andy's got a good point. You done stuck. But she does find a boat wreckage uh, and she at first tries to hide her ears because it's, you know, how people treat elves in, in Middle Earth and thereabouts. Yeah, racist. I hated this line where the lady, she's like, what happened to you? And she's like, I got separated from my ship. That's all she says. That's all she says, mm-hmm. which is 100 percent the fact. It's just it's lie by omission, maybe. Yeah. But I mean, she's, I don't obviously so. there's no ship near her. She hath been separated. Correct. From it. And She's then untethered from when they find ship. her elf ears, the lady in the back's like, you liar. And it's yeah. like, wait, you never asked her. You didn't say, are you an elf? And mm-hmm. she said, no, that yeah, didn't happen. What does she lie about exactly? God, I got so mad. I'm trying to protect my lady. Galadriel, those, of course, those, those people weren't thinking straight. You know, they're on this like rickety, rickety board. It was once a ship. Maybe now it's just a husk of wood and planks that are being held together by rope that they themselves have to hold. Uh, they're clearly losing it. Yeah. They're very distressed. And there's like, they got some weird, like, Sun splotches and they're not in good shape. No. Hog and water. Lady missing hair going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get when I saw the worm, I was like, ah, yeah. and then the worm comes, which is poorly phrased. <laughs> it's a giant Have sea creature. Worm? Counterpoint. I don't think that's a worm. No, it's definitely not. <laughs> Some kind of, it's not a kraken. It's like a sea dragon. I, I wonder if these seafaring people have ever been on land to have seen what a worm is. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh man, that must be those worms. Those land lubbers are always telling us about. I wonder if the intention was for it to be W-Y-R-M. I thought so too. And the gonna... caption people screwed that up. Maybe. Because that it, would make more sense. That's another word for a dragon, right? So. Yeah. A wyrm. A wyrm. <laughs> I mean, it was very long and mildly cylindrical. There's some worm like qualities to it. But it had fins, Ish. like side fins. Mm-hmm. And top fins. And top fins. Mm-hmm. And, and a boat. T- and tail fins. And a boat on the, on the top fins. And a, basically Godzilla. It was basically just a giant ass fish. Yeah. Just a giant There's ass always fish. a bigger fish. But let's call it a worm. Sure. And who said mm-hmm. that? Uh, Quite Gon Jin. Yes. Stand right. Wise That's words. There's always a bigger fish. Wise words. Uh, I thought that was a cool shot, though, where they were like, hey, it's a boat. Ah, and they're like, oh, wait, it could be a pirate. It could be yeah. Corsairs. And then I was like, oh, wait, that's our boat. Oh, shit. And then it's the worm still has like the, the mast and the sail on it. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, that was really cool. Coming out of the fog. I like that. I also like the shot when the worm actually kind of attacks the boat and knocks it up. There's that shot where. Um, I assume this is where Andy was. What's his name? Lauding the cinematography. How Brand kind of separates himself from the crew. Yeah. Uh, Galadriel is swimming away and it's the shot that's focused on her as she's I swimming towards the camera it. and the camera's dipping, dipping up and down. Yes. Bobbing in the water. The water line. And so Show you the YouTube guys, Steve. Above. You see what's happening below. Yeah. It goes back up and the tail's going over. You go back below and you see somebody getting eaten. It's so bad. And I love the way that so she's got this badass. flowing gown because of having supposed to go, to, been supposed to go to Valinor. So when she falls in the water or dives repeatedly throughout this sequence it just kind of billows out looks kind of angelic and uh i don't know i just i love this that's gorgeous jellyfish yeah like a jellyfish very well put andy Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's true it's true (laughs) she does look like a jellyfish uh but then the yeah the dude pushes himself away we find out later his name is halbrand Mm -hmm. that's what i wrote down or is it harlbrand halbrand is what i wrote but i got yeah nervous i started to doubt myself guys 
And we'll cut right there. Just real briefly, you can follow us on Twitter at StreamThingPod. You can follow me on Twitter at MoviesAreTherapy. And Steve. Steve May 13. And Andy. Andy most day. You can also support the the podcast if you so wish. That'd be wonderful on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash streaming things. Uh, we talked about it uh, yesterday. We we did, got a bunch of new tiers with a bunch of yeah. new rewards. You can help force us to watch certain movies and do whole episodes on them. You can join our Discord community, which is actually kind of popping off. Everybody's having a great time in there. Yeah, it's I'm looking fun. at notifications right now. It's such a wonderful boon. Uh, it's like we... we we won the Sig and Tarag contest. Now our boon was this Discord because it's fun, baby. Yeah, it is. It quite is. So uh, my Siggy Tees. Siggy Tees. In the Discord. You can also email the show at streamingthingspod at gmail.com. We're going to be doing a giant House of the Dragon Rings of Power mailbag very soon. Uh, so email the show at that address. And we forgot last week. I thought we were going to show uh, the new poll. Are we going to do that on the main feed? Why not? Nominate our films. Why not? Should we do that right now? Let's do it. Let's do it. So all of our patrons at the $5 and above tier, uh, not a toller. We don't know what that is. $5 and above tier will be able to vote in the poll for either Labyrinth, Mulholland Drive, Swiss Army Man, or Final Destination. <laughs> what, a, what a hodgepodge of films. Holy yes. crap. Holy cow. That's such an odd mix. I to be it. our next bonus episode. So We've also got to sometime very soon watch Mystery Men for the Q poll bonus episode mm-hmm. and then start the line for the Patreon tier that forces us to watch movies. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we got a bunch of big stuff coming down the pipeline, especially for patrons. Thank you all so much for tuning in. If you can't support the show in any way like that, that's hundred percent understandable. Just please take a moment to rate and review the show wherever you're listening to it. Uh, obviously five stars is what I'm getting at, but you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, help other people find the show because there's a lot of rings of power, a lot of house of the dragon, a lot of random film nerds uh, out there talking about movies. So we want to be noticed. Notice me, senpai. Notice me. Witness me. Damn, can we get a sound bite cool. of uh, that guy, Nicholas Holt, witness screaming me. witness me for the part where we do plugs? Sure. I think that'd be I can, fun. Uh, let me write that note so I can remember to do that. I love that movie and that would make witness me so happy. Me. We cut back to the rock contest, which we talked about. Elrond concedes and then he's asked Durin to escort him to the exit at least. And Durin's like, oh yeah, I'll fucking do that. I'll escort your bitch ass Gladly. out. Gladly. <laughs> Gladly. Get the fuck out of my house. We find out he's very angry. And the reason he's angry is because he's so close of friends with Elrond. He's upset that Elrond hasn't visited him in 20 years. And to an immortal elf, 20 years is a blink of an eye. But to a dwarf, eh, actually, they actually live about 300 years. Andy yeah, and I found out. That up. So it's like, it hasn't been that long. It's like seven years to a dwarf. Yeah, Elrond has that line where he's like, 20 years, is that all it's been? He makes it know, so man. much worse immediately. Yeah. If I didn't see you guys for seven years, I would feel like we weren't friends anymore. Yeah, you'd be upset. And yeah. especially if you got married and had two kids in the interim. Well, and you just showed up and you're like, hey, do you want a job? Exactly. <laughs> I'd be like, get the fuck out. But here's my perspective, just to, de- to defend Elrond a little bit. Did he get an invitation and not like show up? I mean, I, I feel he like did. he had to have since he was like, you missed my wedding. Sure. Okay. You know? That's, like, that's Dick. You then. missed my two children. Yeah. So he's super bad about that. And, uh, they, uh, Durin lets it all hang out, goes off on him. Elrond to his credit, absorbs it, listens sympathetically, empathically. Right. Uh, and he says, so, so what do you say to that? And then he puts his hand on his shoulder and he's like, congratulations. That's what I say to that. And you can tell Durin to kind of soften immediately. And he says, I want to apologize to your wife and family directly for not, uh, so has he never met 
No. Disa? He hasn't. So why is Disa so goddamn happy to see him? I guess she's, she's heard, heard him so bitch about, about him. About yeah. yeah. Durin has been telling her tales of his best elf friend, Elrond. They, <laughs> they would roll deep in the mines together, you know? He gave him a seed, all right? And whoa, he, whoa, whoa, whoa. He took that seed and he let it grow and flourish oh, that's right. into a, a family tree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And people called him a fool for taking that elf seed. <laughs> <laughs> but he did it. And he did it proudly. And it meant a lot to him. And, and she, she sees that uh, his this friendship really weighs on Durin. And I love her character where she comes out. She's like, just be friends. Like, uh. Yeah, she's not putting up with any shit. Uh, we've, we, this is the first dwarven woman we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. No beard. No beard. No beard. Which I think there was some Tolkien writings where he later wrote. Some of them don't have beards. And I regret that. And that's why they don't have beards. Oh, okay. Because famously in Two Towers, is it? Gimli's like, most dwarven women look like dwarven men. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people wonder if dwarves just spring out of the ground. <laughs> right. And then Aragorn goes, it's the beards. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's more of a joke, really, I guess. But may, who knows? Maybe she just shaved that day. I um, love I love their kids because uh, they kind of. Yeah, it was really cute. And they've got like the helmets on. He's like, I told you to get out of my heads. Yeah, stay out of my heads. (laughs) But then there's like a look of pride and joy on his face because they oh, they're so damn stupid. Rascals. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I just thought it was really well done. I love that little dwarf family. And then they talk about resonating, which is like a dwarven mining technique where they can kind of communicate with the mountain and tell them where to dig, when to dig, when not to dig. Yeah. Singing method. And, uh, you know. Elrond's kind of learning about that. The rock and be like, I get knocked down. But I get up again. And then the rock's like, this is where you should break me. Mm-hmm. That's Indeed. how it works. That's the Chumbawamba method. <laughs> yeah, it's a Chumbawamba resonator. Which all want a Chumbawamba. <laughs> Sing uh, And then. Did you notice in the dinner scene uh, that dwarves, right? Mm-hmm. They're shorter people in stature. Giant chairs. Giant ass chairs. I loved Just it. Just comically huge chairs. <laughs> like It's like they're sitting in a chair and freaking Chewbacca the chair is standing behind them. It's just a tall mammoth slab of what I assume is rock and granite. Because dwarves are smaller in statue, but they're their appraisal of themselves, their own, you know, their ego, massive. A lot of pride. Think about Gimli, you know. He's a prince, too, so it's a throne. And he's a literal prince as well. That's true. Uh, But his contribution to that discussion at first is just a belch, and it's a funny moment. Mm -hmm. Elrond's being very patient, uh, very humble. And then they talk about the seedling of the great tree uh, that that Steve was talking about, and that's where it kind of breaks uh, Durin. And, you know, he talks about, he gives him a compliment, right? Like, a tree like that was was destined to grow in a house with this much love. Like yeah. it couldn't help but to grow. It's Very never, beautiful. it's never truly dark in here. Um, so anyway, they make up a good little line. bit. It's a good line. Uh, and we cut back to, to Galadriel. I almost said Guinevere Galadriel and Hall, uh, Halbrand. And he's got a necklace with a symbol. She talks about it too. I, what is that supposed to be? Did I miss that? Is that just like a random symbol from where he's from is all that's the only import of it. I, don't I have no idea. I mean, she asked about if it's the the king, right? And he's like, "Yeah, we have no king." The second time we've gotten that reference to Aragorn eventually. Um, so I don't know. Maybe like the House of Gondor or something. Oh, maybe was it a Gondorian tree? The little white tree of Gondor. Maybe? Was there a tree on there? I don't know. Okay. I didn't get to see it close enough, and I was yeah, hoping one same. of you guys caught it. No, I wasn't. Damn, listeners, write in. Let us know because I think there's something that we obviously missed there. But there is a king of Gondor currently. Is there? Yeah, because. I thought that they hadn't had a king for since uh, what's his fucking face oh, died yeah, fighting yeah, Mordor yeah, that's uh, Zauron. So that hasn't happened yet. Annie Hoosel. 
Uh, so then who are these people that have no king? This The Southerners? I don't know. That's what they get for seceding. That's what they get. <laughs> they trash. They, they might be in like a different, because there was that sec, that part last episode where uh, Aaron Deer was like, you know, these specific people I have to keep watch on because of the evil, because they fought for the orcs. So maybe exactly. they are like a, a They separate, don't have a king because yeah. they've been under the elvish rule. Yes. Yeah, so they're not technically part of the other. How about those fucking elves men? watching over this area for 80 years and like a day after they leave, the orcs come out like, ha! <laughs> Damn, that's bad luck. It is time to attack. Yeah, hello. <laughs> Let me get my feather duster. <laughs> and we will clean our way through the tunnels. <laughs> and we will strike at the count of midnight. How do we get where that we are? Missiles. What? How do we get where we are? Like months from now, it'll I just be. I don't understand your meaning. It'll be one of our many jokes the orc French maid. <laughs> but- <laughs> Ooh la la. Let me clean. <laughs> Why is this kind of doing something for me? It's <laughs> a percolating going on over here. <laughs> There's some je ne sais pas going on. Mm-hmm. I don't know what. Du fromage. Uh, <laughs> we cut to, or no, we don't cut yet, but he, we find out that orcs have chased him. And Galadriel's like, orcs, I fuck love finding orcs to hate. And so she gets really excited and uh, she has that great speech that Steve talked about earlier where she's like, you know, he's like, "Ah, I'm not going. You don't know shit about shit. And she's like, I've been fighting this thing that chased you out of your home since the first sunrise. I've lost more. It would take your entire life to even begin to tell you the people I've lost. Right. Like whatever. She said it way better, but it was fucking awesome. Um, And he's like, oh, okay, chill out. Uh, So he's he's from the Southlands, which is very likely where Aaron Deer is, is where he's from. Um, And then we see a storm brewing and they get interrupted in their little plots. And she's real bossy. Right. She's like, here's what we're going to do. You're going to take me where you last saw him. Fuck what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, I'm not. And then a storm brews. So we don't know. <laughs> he's like, all right, I guess. <laughs> uh, we cut back to Bronwyn. Bronwyn tries to to warn them. The barkeep, what is it, like Weldrig or some shit? Yeah, Waldrig. He's a dumbass, right? And he's not listening to her at all. And then they all stare at her because she's an elf hussy in their minds. Yeah, when, when the, he's like, you know, I'm not going to invite those uh, elves back. I'm honestly glad they're gone well some of us are yeah most of us are and then the camera pans across everyone the entire in the room some dude with like red in his eye and i'm like well i'm not him well there, the, the camera focuses on like an older woman and the the, the, the hate and ire that this extra is emoting is like <laughs> a that's pretty impressive you got a good stern look yeah you're getting a speaking part in the next fantasy yeah, show cast you as like a stern woman in the net with mm-hmm. speaking lines but holy shit like i felt that. i'm like oh yeah God, steve was damn. watching and he went fuck yeah fuck, steve was okay. very uncomfortable damn lady i don't know you i just i just talked to the dude by the well jesus christ is that where you go is that where the kissing happens in this town is by the well oh everybody knows you want to go necking by the well yeah you go digging in never mind that way, if the kiss doesn't go go well, you just toss them in the way. <laughs> <laughs> or if you get thirsty after you're kissing, oh, after yeah. you're snogging. Yeah. It's like, we need, it's, it's, getting, it's getting dry. Let me get a, <laughs> get a fresh bucket. <laughs> we were going to snog by the well, but now I'm going to rattle my dags because there's people watching. Uh, that's how they talk back Mind there. your own cartwheels. Yeah. Stop looking at me, young United scut. I did it. I did it. I did it. Uh, and we cut back to Theo, who's... Uh, Bronwyn's son trying to keep up with this and he's beating a mouse hole in the ground. He's really upset. <laughs> yeah. Um, what the fuck is his problem? He has <laughs> emotional turmoil and like the, the mouse noise, what he thinks is a mouse is just the, the straw that broke the camel's back. 
I'm he's not, like, my dad's gone. My mom's exactly. fucking an elf. He doesn't know where, all that, I'm what 15. Andy's talking about. I like Nirvana. <laughs> Smoke cigarettes. Load up on guns. I'm your friends. I'm just going to throw this out here. This kid, Theo, my least favorite character, hands down. I kind of hate yeah. this kid. <laughs> I think that's a common feeling. And and this scene is not helping him. Like, nothing really against that actor, per se. But well, like everything this, that happens after the scene, I think, is great, including him. But. I'm but, with you. But like the whole, like where he's like, bastard nice. And he's just starts going ham <laughs> hey, on the man. floorboard. Like, dude, calm. The, what are you fucking doing? Like, I was an emotional teenager as well. I've, mm-hmm. I've been a Kyle and punched a hole in a wall or mm-hmm. broken a dresser as a teen. I sure. This bone right here punched a hole in the wall. Yep. Sure. The wall but like, one. I would have mm-hmm. liked to have I seen. I fought the wall and I, the wall one. I would have liked to have seen why he was upset. Like, I understand what you're saying. His There's dad's a lot of, gone. Yeah, that's implied. But when you don't show him for the whole, a whole entire episode, and then the first thing you see him is like, goddamn floorboard. You're just kind of like, what <laughs> is fair. his goddamn problem? <laughs> I, I guess I see what you're saying. But again, I still think these two episodes were meant to have been binged. And yeah, like I a, agree. A full, I agree. Into a, two, a full two hour pilot. Um, so maybe it would have helped a little more in that point. But regardless, we cut back to Aaron Deer in the tunnels. It's really spooky with this cool kind of thriller sequence where I don't I don't do well with like claustrophobic stuff. No, uh, you don't either. No, like so yeah. like one of the scariest movies of all time to me is The Descent. Have you seen that film? It's a scary movie. Very scary. Um, so any hoozle. Anytime yeah, you felt this gone scene. wrong, oh, yeah. like trying to squeeze through things and get stuck. Yep. Yeah. Anytime I hear stories about people going spelunking and they're like wedging themselves in tight little crevices in the dark. I'm like, why? What? It, it's there's fresh air up here. Why yeah. would you go down there? Yeah. It's going to be a no from me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> pass. Hard pass. That's, that's my I'm Randy line. That, um, so but yeah, after the, the, the thriller hole, we get, <laughs> we get an, a, an outright horror scene. The orc fight with Bronwyn and Theo and the orc when he comes up through. Um, and I really, really love this scene. I thought it was cool because I think they got kind of cartoonish in the original trilogy. Like the Urukai when they first come out, it's like, oh, shit. But like over time, at least in my own estimation, looking back and watching them again, I'm always like <laughs> fucking dumbass orcs because yeah. they talk and stuff. And yeah, looks like meat. Yeah, <laughs> looks like meat back on the menu, boys. And like it's fierce especially if you're a hobbit but you've seen if you're gimli or legolas or aragorn or almost almost any adult yeah easily dispatched to hordes of them right um whereas this one orc is just absolutely fucking horrifying and it takes forever to bring him down um and it just it makes you think like that'd be terrible to have to fight those things they're just disgusting stinky scary cannibalistic crazy looking bastard that scene fucking rocked i thought so too like the first orc that appears in this town to treat it like a horror film and he's got like this crazy skull mask thing on it's like what the fuck is that then comes off it's like oh it looks like the mask from prey did you think that too yeah it did a little bit oh my god i love this sequence so much and they treat it with less so much like a horror movie where she like hides in the closet and like you you're peeking through like the slit between i love that tear that fell when he went by Mm -hmm. yeah dude everything about this was straight up horror movie it was fantastic yeah, loved it. Loved it. There was some weird editing in that scene, though. There was one mistake, and it's yeah. when he throws the table. Oh, there, oh I thought that there was, was badass. There was a couple. It like, goes too fast. It looks like they sped up the powerful. footage to make it look powerful. Yeah. What did you think? Well, there was that. I noticed that edit was a little weird to me, but then there was the, the initial edit when he, I think he got, like, visually it looked like he was going to stab, uh, uh, the mom, what's her name? Bronwyn. Bronwyn. Bronwyn with his fingies. 
and then it just cuts and he's throwing the kid across the room. And I'm like, wait, there was a point, there was a point of contact that you skipped over where it just was very jarring. Like, wait, what happened? Hmm. Um, and then there was the table thing. So I think if there was a little bit of like better editing, it would have been a 10 out of 10. Like it's still like a great scene. Cause I agree. Uh, I, I like how they really raise the stakes with this one orc being actually a threat to right. these people. I think that's mm-hmm. genius and amazing and honestly well needed. Um, but yeah, there's just some weird edits in this particular scene in a, and so far the show hasn't had any weird edits to me. And that was the first time I'm like, Oh, okay. Uh, sure. Oh, oh. and it was like back to back too. That kind of threw me off. I feels you. Yeah. Thank you. Feels you. Thank so you. we cut, we cut back to the storm. Uh, and there's some things that go on. She ties herself to like the tiny mass that they have. And she's like, here, hang on to me. And then she falls into the ocean immediately and starts she's to struck sink. By lightning. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, after getting struck by lightning falls in the ocean and sinks and he's kind of looking at the rope and deciding what to do. And at this point in the show, Halbrand has been, or yeah, Halbrand has been established as a guy who protects Halbrand only. And you can kind of see his mind he's working. Survivor. He's a survivor. He's not going to give up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's going to work harder. Uh, so he, he dives in the ocean and climbs down the rope. I thought that was a really cool visual. I, again, I love like the flowing gown that she has and the way that it looks in the water and our ideas of Lady Galadriel from the trilogy, right? She has those flowing gowns and then she even at one point floats and stuff and terrible the storm. Is this the storm she's talking about? Maybe. Uh, yes. Yeah. And then he saves her. Terrible storm. Brings man. her back to the surface, takes her knife, I guess, to cut the rope mast. Yeah, that was tying her down. Because there was like a insert shot of him grabbing her knife for some reason. Okay. I didn't want that to come back later. Like, where's my knife? Well, I'm sure that will. Because that's because so. she's, you know, she's that's very particular her, about that yeah. knife. And I'm sure she'll be like, you took my knife. And he's like, yes, to save you. Yeah. It'd be like a romantic <laughs> thing. And she'll be like, I, you, <laughs> you're right. You're I think cool. that was a cool scene, though, too. Uh, and we cut back to the stranger and this is where we get the scene where he ultimately whispers to the fireflies and formulates the stars, the constellation that he wants to find. And that's where, cause Nori's initially like really upset. Like, I guess I can't help you. I gotta leave. Bye. And he's like, Oh, hold up. Let me see your fireflies real quick. Check this out. <laughs> and she's like, wait, that's a constellation. I can help you do that. I assume she means she's going to go look at uh Sadok's star charts. Right. Mm. I think so. That's her plan. Yeah. Um, no, she's going to lay on the grass, smoke some old Toby and just stare at the sky. Until couldn't she find him. It. Tried. You want some more snails? What are we doing again? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what we were doing. So when I said that's that story about. Down. What was that? <laughs> I said, that's a melody to funk it down. That's the tune to funk it down. Did you remember down. it? Remember what? <laughs> Tally. Uh, and then we cut back to. Durin and his father, the actual king of Casa Doom. And uh, he's, there's some mystery there. So there's Straight another up, mystery. Pulp Fiction. That's what I wrote down the Pulp Fiction yeah, box. Open box. Like, dang. We good? We don't we know good. what's in there. <laughs> what's in there? Is it the Ockenstone? So, so there's an issue that they're, there's some kind of issue that they're going through. Because he's like, you didn't tell him about the, the thing, did you? Mm-hmm. That I have crabs? Mm-hmm. He's like, no, the other thing. And he's like, wait, no. Um, We're holding the long end of the hammer. But I... But only temporarily, whatever. <laughs> For um, now. So what's in the fucking box? Is it the, the three rings that the dwarves were gifted? What's in the box? Or is it three? No, three were given to the elves. Yeah. Five to the dwarves of the mountains. Yes. And nine to the, the realm of men. Well, the rings have not been made yet. Right? I know. But maybe the one ring to bind them hasn't been made yet. I don't know. Could it be the Arkenstone? What's that? It's the thing in the Hobbit that makes uh, Oakenshield crazy because he stares at it and it's like it glow. It's glowy and bluey. <laughs> Thorin Oakenshield? Yeah. It had a blue glow to it. 
It had some type of glow to it, yeah. If it's a blue glow, then you're fucking spot on, I would imagine, because that's what that thing had. It's definitely a white glow, possibly a bluish white glow. A blight glow. Yeah, a mm. blight glow. We don't know what's and, in the box. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, no. Okay. I don't the, remember it. The Ockenstone. Was that in the movies? In the Hobbit movies, yeah. yeah I feel like I, I watched each of those once. Same. Not a fan. Um, I would like to go back, but eh. Here, I'm looking up a photo of the Arkin. Oh, yeah. So here's a photo of it. That's, Ooh, that's the Arkin yeah. stone. That's, I think that's what it is. That's oh, probably no. what was in Pulp Fiction, too. Oh, no. yeah, for <laughs> sure. We're tying Jules into- found it. <laughs> it's also we tied good? to seven because we're oh, all screaming, we what's in the box? Uh, we cut back to young Theo, Bronwyn's son that Steve hates. He's still got the, <laughs> the evil sword shard. It was likely either Morgoth's or Sauron's because it's got Sauron's symbol. Uh, he bleeds on it and it starts to kind of grow. It's a grower it's, like Arendir. It's like sucking the blood up his arm, not yeah. down it. And it's mm. like it, it, it absorbs his blood and it starts growing, growing back growing into a itself. sword. Yeah. And then suddenly he stops, I guess. It needs more blood, I'm guessing. Well, yeah. His, well, his mom stopped him from. It needs more coffee. Yeah. Well, his mom was just <laughs> like, hey, you ready? And the sword was like, hey, don't tell nobody. <laughs> and he's like, okay. Okay, sword. It's between you and me. Don't tell her. No one needs to know. He's, a t- he's Spanish. <laughs> no one needs to know. <laughs> you killed my father. This is a secret between you and I. <laughs> Only I will whisper you everything that you need to know. What's the line from Princess Bride? You kill my, my father. I'm prepared to die. I'm prepared to die. But he says his name first, right? Neo, Neo Montoya. Yeah, I am Neo Montoya. Husband, of a, husband of a murdered wife. <laughs> That's gladiator. <laughs> <laughs> father to a murdered son. <laughs> Such a good line. Uh, we cut back to Gal and Hal, which I hope there's a spinoff Gal romantic comedy Hal. where it's Gal and Hal in the water. They get discovered by a strange boat. Life would be this way. Is it an elf? Is it a Corsair? I don't know. Yeah, you see a a really cool shadow. I love this shot where you see the the shadow of the, I assume the captain of the vessel. Shadow boat. Looming over uh, Hal and Gal uh, on their little shanty shack. And I I love the foreboding of that shot. And Gladriel kind of like, what? And looks up and sees a silhouette in the sun. We don't quite make out who it is. And then she goes, "Ah, back to sleep. No big deal. Well, you know the boat that Hal and Gal are floating on? Mm -hmm. That's what my mind palace looks like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the little shack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That honestly explains so much. So much. And then it's Taika Waititi playing Blackbeard. Indeed. That'd be awesome. I would love that. would be my favorite show of all time. Yes. Uh, so now it brings us on to, that's the end of the recap. Our next segment, the second breakfast, where we try to find some like lore notes, Easter eggs, anything we can dredge up. Second breakfast. Anybody got anything? Yeah, I got a couple. Um, so I'll start first. Um, when Aaron Deer is uh, looking down into the tunnel that they find in the base of that house, he looks down the tunnel and the camera view switches from like looking down to looking through the tunnel and it does a dolly zoom. And with the vines that are creeping in, it was extremely reminiscent of when uh, Frodo and gang were uh, hi- hiking the woods after the shortcut to mushrooms. And then uh, Frodo gets the creepy feeling creep up his neck and uh, that noise happens and the dolly zoom happens on the road get off the road quick um such a good scene that shot was like it was darker and the color was different but like the the general composition of the shot and how the camera moved was identical and it looked intentional to me awesome so there was also another uh i I don't know steve would know better than me like a dipping crane shot uh the fast uh 
it's like a drone shot, but I'm pretty sure it was shot on the crane where it's going straight and then dips real low, but without changing uh, the camera angle. The pedestals down. And pedestals down. Yeah. And uh, keep shooting along the grass. Uh, and it happens in this show uh, right after Gladriel has her argument with uh, Halberd. Um, but it happens definitely in the Fellowship of the Ring um, when they are uh, on the um, little uh, kayaks uh, floating down the mm-hmm. river. Um, the, the camera's above them and then dips down. Yeah, that, that type of shot where it's like really fast moving and it's mm-hmm. and it goes down. It used, it's a very big wide and the characters mm-hmm. are usually There's running. actually a ton of them throughout Lord of the Rings. Yeah, but, so that but was I, a very, I saw them a couple of them in this episode. Yeah, there's a very, very Tolkien shot. Um, do you guys want to take some? I have very um, low hanging ones. I mean, the Arkenstone was one that I was a good one. Posit. Yeah, like I good thought one. that could be that. Um, I I obviously salted pork. I think that is a a direct tie to Gimli's line from the original films. Um, and then uh, whenever um, what's his name Theo touches the sword, it'll do the the the, the effect that it used to do whenever Frodo would touch the ring. We hear that. Mm. Rah! that like rah, noise and like you get a flash of and flames. Like, the tiny, like, yeah. The black speech. Yeah, yeah for sure. hundred percent. Um, Gandalf whispering to the fireflies was straight up whispering to the moths. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then when, um, Elrond, the moth didn't just fall to the ground immediately. <laughs> <Right>. Shit. <laughs> uh, oh. Flame of Undun. When, uh, Elrond is, uh, looking, uh, talking to Celebrimbor and he looks down at the hammer, he says, uh, that one, he says something along the lines of, it's incredible that one tool could, uh, create so much beauty and so much pain. And that was, uh, extremely reminiscent of Boromir saying, uh, it's incredible that so much, uh, pain and turmoil could, uh, occur over so small, small things, thing. such a little thing. Uh, we're talking about the the ring, uh, in which the, like the phrasing seemed uh, intentional to me. Mm-hmm. Excellent. I got a couple stretches uh, and some lore stuff. So the language that who we think is speaking is Gandalf, but the stranger is speaking is apparently an Elvish language called Quenya, uh, and I think Mana Ure translates roughly to "Where is the heat." And that's what leads. Ooh, I say that all the time to people. Yeah. Well, you, you, you say, where's the Where? beef? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, it's different. I'm not a beef way. But remember the Barbie line in the cave. We have the beef. <laughs> the line in the cave where so much evil, there was no heat from the flame. And uh, there was no heat on the fire that surrounded the stranger. And so some people are like, why is this all connecting that way? Is he someone evil? Uh, I don't think so. But it's interesting to say the least. Uh, we already talked about the tower and Feanor and Khazad-dûm being Moria. Uh, Aula is the person they keep referencing in Khazad-dûm or Moria. The dwarves keep saying Aula. It's like a, it's their God. Uh, he was a, a Valar, the Smith, and he's the one that created uh, the sun and the moon, I think, but also the dwarves. So oh. Aula is the Valar that created the dwarves. And that's why they kind of worship Aula. Um, also, this one's huge. Uh, I think that the, the friendship between Elrond and Durin is very much intentionally reminiscent of the friendship between Legolas and Gimli. Um, Mm -hmm. I also don't think it bodes well for their friendship that we know 3000 years from now that the elves and the dwarves are dire enemies. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that ends well, uh, unfortunately, maybe because of the Arkenstone or whatever. Possibly. Possibly. Well, it seems like they're already kind of enemies, you know, like, uh, it sounds the, like the, the, the dad says that, uh, you know, a hammer and a rock can't be friends or uh, however he phrases it. But, um, 
you know, they can. Yeah. It's kind of like a Romeo and Juliet scenario. Mm -hmm. Somewhat like the families are already at war, but it sounds like the doors are doing what the doors do best. And that's delving too deeply Mm -hmm. in some sort of plot. Mm -hmm. And they, they're trying to use whatever they're planning to hold one over the elves. And and the The reason the King's worried that this is going to ruin his little plot. I don't think that it's as bad as it is. In the time that we're familiar with, though, because, mm. you know, when Elrond suggests that he hire a bunch of dwarves to build the tower, Celebrimbor is not like, what? Ew. Yeah. He's like, interesting thoughts. Let's journey over there. They have ram's horns, you say. They have a lot of things I want to see them build. Salted pork. Rock things. Salted things. <laughs> ram things. Ooh. Streaming oh, things. <laughs> oh, oh, how did you not go there, Steve? Uh, you're fired. Andy, you're hired. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Happy to be here. Do the voice. What voice? The vo- you're the- fired. Steve, you're back. Streaming things. <laughs> Streaming things. <laughs> okay. This motherfucker said what voice? What voice? <laughs> so I have one more thing. Uh, I think it's intentional. I could be wrong. They keep emphasizing the word friend. And yes, they were fighting. You know, it's like uh, Elrond would be like, I'm your friend. And and then uh, Duran would be like, oh, you're a friend. Would a friend do this? Friend, friendy friend. I'm not your friend, guy. I'm not your guy, pal. And so it's I kept jokingly friend. saying Belloc. And Bell. Steve was cracking up because I was being a dick. And every time he would say friend, I would say Belloc. Until eventually, <laughs> at some point, I my think joke. Mel- Melon. Melon. M-E-L-L-O-N. <laughs> Melon. <laughs> Melon. I think. But anyway, <laughs> go ahead. What were you saying? Irrelevant, Andy. My sorry, I got my Elvish wrong. <laughs> my whole point is, I think at some point my joke turned into seriousness. And I here's my theory, because that is Moria. I think that the whole Elvish word for friend being put upon the door of Moria is going to happen. We get to, we, we will get to witness it. And in some kind of sad twist, mm, Duran yeah. will carve that in there and say, buddy, I love you for life, bro. Even though we're fighting right now, if you ever need to get in here. Just say that Speak and these doors friends. will open. Yes. Answer. See what I'm saying? Yeah. They're going to like, because it never made sense to me that the dwarven <laughs> camp would have the elvish word for friend on that it. That kind of sucks that they had like the council with Elrond and at no point did Elrond go like, you know, if you go to <laughs> there will be a door. <laughs> Just say Merlon. <laughs> and the door should answer. Well, no, they were never supposed to go through Moria, right? So, well, you can never be too safe. I mean, if the if dude knows secret words to secret doors, mm-hmm. he should be telling that to the fellowship. Mm-hmm. Well, we find that's true, but we do find out that Moria was actually the least safe way to go. True. So Elrond's like, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> all them, all them bitches died years ago. Why are you going that way? Hey, uh, you could have asked me. I just like the idea of Elrond giving them like a list of like 300 pages of like, okay, here's all the secret doors. Here's all the secret passwords. This one's cuckoo kachoo in case you you show up. If you see a tree in there, check. That's my seed. (laughs) Can you get one for me? I need need that back. Does anybody else have any second breakfast? Second breakfast. Uh, Um, I'm good. No, you took all mine. I I took some more. You You had more? No, you took the ones I had. I took, that's what I'm saying. You had more and I took them. Yeah. What was your thing? Oh, this is the, the Legolas and Gimli thing. Yeah. Oh, fist me, bro. Uh, I didn't know you had that thing. Well, I have things. <laughs> okay. So building things, building things. Did you look up Aula as well? No. Okay. I was saying I felt really bad if I just went on a no, tirade. No, no, no. Uh, I thought I was the last one. I, I intentionally went last. So I no, could just no, that's, blow no, my load. That's fine. Dang, dude. I'm not mad. Don't get hot. 
You're mad. Uh, let's move into our old Toby, the finest scenes in the South Farthing, mm. where we talk about our three favorite episodes. Shit. Three favorite moments of the episode. Darn it. That's the right one. Actually, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Steve, since you're to my right now, you're my right hand man. Now that Andy moved over to the left. Oh, mm-hmm. breaks my heart. Steve, let's switch. What was your third favorite scene? Uh, my third favorite scene was the dinner scene with Elrond, Durin, and his wife, De- 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 Desra? Desi. 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 Uh, Disa. Disa, Durin, and Elrond. I really like that scene uh, just because it's the elves being elves. I really like the dynamic between the two of them. Because at this point, because originally Elrond is kind of like, my friend, why are we fighting? I, I Congratulations. But at, by the time they're at dinner, Elrond, I guess his patience is growing thin, thin. And he's starting to throw some barbs back at Durin. Mm-hmm. And uh, Desi's like, well, you guys just fucking kiss already and make up. Come on. We got these giant ass chairs. Dude planted a tree. It's a goddamn tree now. Obviously, you guys love each other. Just kiss. Kiss. Just kiss. I want to see it. Just kiss on the <laughs> lips. Uh, but it's a really good scene. It's heartfelt. I really like these actors in this scene particularly. I think they're working well together. And it's it's a lot of the, all the dwarf stuff. Spoiler alert is going to be on my top three. So uh, wow. I, it, it just injects a lot of life and into the show that I think it needs. But uh, Andy, what about you? Number three. So my number three quickly, cause we already talked about it. Um, the uh, sea creature attacked the worm. Um, when the uh, Galadriel is swimming away and the camera's bobbing up and down and seeing the action below the water and the action above the water, I, that was just brilliant. And so just the, the worm scene in general was elevated up to my old, my old Toby's because of that. Yeah. Um, just the one bo- of the finest the scenes in South Farthing. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I just want to say briefly, you're right. It is Melon. Melon. Is Melon? The, the Elvish word for friend. Melon. Melon. You would Melon. never get in. Hey, Melon. Melon. Let me in. I don't know why they think melons are friendly. Gosh, darn it. Melon. <laughs> uh, my number three is the fire scene that open almost opens the episode uh, where the stranger is laying in the crater and then he starts to wake up and give his powers and the fires go out and then he passes back out and the fires ignite. I thought that was fucking awesome looking. There was, I, a, there was a listener who wrote in about a second breakfast regarding for last episode regarding that scene. Um, and I, I was furiously looking for the email to give them credit. So I'm so sorry. I could not find your name, but they said that that, scene was very reminiscent of the eye of Sauron of him being in the crater and the fire is circled around him, which oh, I thought was a good, Oh I, yeah. I was, I was looking pull. for it in this episode. I'm like, Oh yeah, you're yeah. right. That does, that is very reminiscent. Cool Could he be a villain? Cue. That's what a lot of people think. That's what a lot of people think. I just want to say that I love like the, the interesting inversion of expectation of fantasy with when he passes back out, that the fire resumes. Like yeah. that, that that's really cool, unique thing that I've never seen before. So I agree with that being in the top three. Yeah. That was fucking cool. Uh, Steve, what's your number two? My number two is the orc attack in, uh, in the kitchen. Um, I think, you know, we talked about a lot. It's a really great way of raising the stakes and actually re-solidifying that orcs are a threat. Uh, if, if you're not one of the chosen nine fellowship members, orcs should be scary and a deadly foe. And this one had some, he went to the, he went and got a mani-pedi earlier today because he had some long fingernails. And uh, this guy, this orc came to play. You know, um, and it was just kind of neat to see like a horror film scene in a Lord of the Rings yes, show. That's not expect that's that. very different. And I don't know. I don't know if we've seen anything quite like that. Uh, uh, somewhat when f- like Frodo with um, Shelob. OK, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of, you know, but not as honestly, this I would much think more, this is more violent. This one's much, yeah, it's more violent, but it's also, I think, much more. Um, 
genre specific. Like she actually literally hides in a closet. Yeah, and yeah, it was like Fede Alvarez it, directed it. was like it. a home break-in scene. Yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of fucked up that the son's hiding in the cubby and uh, the, he's like, mom, get out of here. And then the, the orc starts coming back. He's like, you're on your own. <laughs> Closes the door. <laughs> like, fuck you, mom. But, well, he uh, saves her. Stabs her with the, yeah, stabs the orc with the scissors. He or does. And he said, go for help. And she like wanted to, but didn't want to leave him. Yeah. So. She's like, what are you still doing in here? I had a whole, right. I was gone. Like, <laughs> I had a whole fucking plan. I didn't have time to tell you about. Right. I have a, a evil sword. Yeah. <laughs> I bleed on a little bit. If I bleed on, check this out. <laughs> anyway, you ruined that plan. Uh, yeah. Andy, what's your number two? Uh, that is also my number two. Um, that is also my number two. Yeah. I'm just going to let you know. <laughs> horror orc scene. That was a fire ass scene. Super badass. Steve, what's your number one? Old Toby. That's oh, back to me already. Oh my gosh. Uh, this is the uh, Elrond and Durin elevator scene uh, where the two of them are on the elevator and, and Durin's all mad at him. And, and, you know, I just, I love the way that scene plays out with how like, it's been 20 years because mm-hmm. at this point we don't know why he's mad, but yeah. we're supposed to know they're, they're supposed to be friends, but he's upset for some reason. And then they just introducing the concept that, Elves are just so bad at understanding their own mortality compared to other people. Cause again, like there's that one line Elrond has where he's like, has 20 years. Is that all it's been? Huh? Mm-hmm. Funny. Not realizing that Durin is just so hurt by his absence of 20 years. Like that's a significant portion of his life that his best friend hasn't been for around for. Mm-hmm. He missed his wedding. He missed the birth of his children. And yeah, like I, I like that they address that situation that has to happen all the time in middle earth with these type of be- uh type of beings uh and it, i i just like the these two characters in that uh in that scene absolutely also my number one he's also my number one the 20 <laughs> 20 years Ooh. might be the blink of an eye to an elf but i've lived an entire life in that time a life you missed that's fucking beautiful right breaking yeah it's yeah it's fantastic and he's like getting teary-eyed and he's like mad and like Oh God, it's, it's so good. That, that scene was brilliant. That's what I meant when I said uh, at the start of this episode that uh, this had the higher highs for me, like the horror scene and this uh, sure. heartfelt between a dwarf and an elf friend. Uh, yeah, it was beautiful. So the guy who plays um, Durin is Owen Arthur. And I, I thought that performance on the elevator specifically, I also wanted to kind of cheat and sprinkle in the line that Elrond delivers about how much love the home has as part of this, but that's cheating, mm. but it, that's a great line. It, it's the elevator specifically is, is my number one for sure. And spoiler for the next segment, I think Owen Arthur gets my uh, one performance to rule them all for sure. Same, same. Yep. We're all in agreement. Yeah. Yep. yeah we're all in agreement. Absolutely. I thought he all throughout this episode, even the whimsical fun stuff, like I think he crushed it and he's the essence of what I expect a, a Tolkien dwarf to be like. And I, I like to Steve's point, I think he breathed new life and fun into this, but like not just quirkiness in a, like a Jar Jar Binks way, like in a really earnest, real but textured no, yeah, he's, way. He's bringing like, he is a dwarf. He's so Tolkienist and he's very reminiscent of the doors we love in the previous movies, but he also brings this air of uh, vulnerability that we don't see in dwarves. And that was mm-hmm. a new, fresh take on an, on a, on a, on a model we all love. Well, and, the only vulnerability we ever saw in Gimli was, he was sad a couple of times when the hobbits were presumed dead, but mostly when he's in Moria, when he's toss me, <laughs> or no, he jumps in Moria, deep. but it's later that he's yeah, like, Yeah, it's deep. Don't tell the elf. Don't tell the elf. You have to toss me. I, I can't wait to jump. You have to toss me. <laughs> that was real vulnerability, man. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, all in agreement. 
Wow, we did yes. it, guys. I don't, that that rarely happens. Very rarely, and it really it's like two speaks. out of three often, but I don't very rarely all three. Yeah. Wait, did we all get all three together? No, no. no. We all three oh, had the same number all? one, okay. and we all had three had the same uh, one performance to rule them all. Yeah, we had the same number two as well. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So this is the closest Dang. we've ever gotten to a full sweep together. What was your What was your number three again? Uh, my number three. Oh, yours was another dwarf thing. Yeah, that the was the kitchen. dinner. The dinner. And yours the was the, the sea beast. The sea beast. <laughs> They're in the kitchen. I assume there's a kitchen nearby the dining room. Dude, and go get my easy bake. <laughs> Why is my, there an easy bake ki- of it in there? My kitchen aid. <laughs> They're dwarves. We're going to make biscuits. I hope everybody enjoyed episode two adrift, or at the very least, us talking about it. Thank you so much for tuning in. We love the shit out of you guys so, so much. Um, and yeah, consider joining the Patreon so you can hang out with us on Discord and recommend stuff to us. But if not, we'll see you next time. That's all the time we have for right now. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And this was Streaming Things. Happy streaming. We do Patreon shoutouts. Yes, I would love to. Uh, we are starting to say last names now. Did you guys know that? I heard. I heard some rumblings about that. Uh, and I did this for the first time last episode, and there were some last names that threw. Well, let me tell you, they threw me for a loop. Do you want me to try? Uh, yeah, would I it will, be fun to see if I get a different. Do you want to do the, all of them? Do you want to I, read I, all? Whatever of them? you need me to do, Daddy. Okay. Well, let me let me just say there are a couple people who have notes on here. I think it's easy to read, I, but I have full faith in you. Like, uh, like you can read that note, right? That 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 note that note makes sense to you. I'm pointing to you. Yes, it's, it okay. says, "Please help." <laughs> being held captive. Blink twice. All right, Chris is going to read them. Okay, here we go. Thank you to you all. Starting with A Wells. Thank you. Aaron. Wait, hang on. Oh, okay. Isn't that wasn't that A Wells the whole time? It was. Well, that's literally their username. Oh, some people gotcha. don't have last gotcha. names. Some people have fake names. Andy. Okay. It's up to them what their names are. All right. I'm sorry. I interrupted. Yeah. Shut the hell up. Proceed. Mel. Proceed. <laughs> A Wells. Aaron Thank B. Thank you. Aaron K. Thank you. Aaron Locke. Thank you. Aaron Armstrong. Okay. Adam Kassam. Adam oh, Horn. Brother. Is it Horny? No, it's Horn. And Adam He's, Horn. He specifically said the E is silent. <laughs> I know that for sure. <laughs> Adam Raymond, Aiden Forrest, Ali Ewald, Thank you. Amanda King, Amanda Stanford, Amber, Amber McAvee, McVeigh, McVeigh, Amber McVeigh, Andre, Andrew Gray, Andrew Pickering, Andy Lyles, Annalisa Rutenberg, Thank you. Annie Hudson, Arcade Shenanigans, Ariana, Arcadia Mills, Aaron Anastasia, Ashley Powers, Austin Huss, Barb, Bill Siebold, Brandon Corsento, Brianna Rivera, Brenda Bren, Brett Roby, might be Robbie, Brittany Deck, (laughs) Brittany Sparks, Cake. Thank you, Cake. Caleb Jeter, Carla Carino, Carmelita Valdez, McCoy, Casey Glass, Casey Holland, Casey McCain, Katarina Zay, Chester Copperpot. Thank you. Chloe Richardson, Chris DePlonk. Oh, that's a completely different version of what I did. Chris DePlank. You probably did Chris DePlanky. I did. Cindy Miller Ray, Clay Bennett, Cody Beak. Becky. Beak. Becky. 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 Patang. Neewomp. Crystal Trujillo, Damian Martin. Trujillo? Yeah, that's 100% how you say that because there's a Trujillo. Is it Trujillo? Yeah. Well, isn't like Danny Trujillo? That's Trejo. 
It's spelled completely differently. It's T R E J O. Oh, I thought there was a Danny Trejo. I'm like, well. I'm like, there's a Robert. Is it Trejo? There's a tr- the bassist tr- in Metallica tr- is Trejo as well. Oh yes, that's who I'm thinking of. I'm oh, sorry. I always said Trejillo. I'm an American. <laughs> that's Trejo. <laughs> Damian Martin. Oh, you're right. I was thinking of Danny Trejo, but Trejo is yes, the Metallica guy. Yeah, the J's in this. It always gets me, man. Hey, you know it happens to the best of us. I said to Planky. I, it might be right. And we're both just making fun of the actual pronunciation. <laughs> we're not making fun of anyone's names. We're making we're trying fun of really hard. our stupidity because we don't know how to read. I, I ignorant. Damian Martin. Danae Fields. Danielle. Thank you. David Tulumsis. David Tulumsis. That's a hard one. Yeah, he straight up challenged us to pronounce it correctly. He was like, <laughs> I will offer you no help. May God have mercy on your souls. <laughs> Did you hear me go, David? <laughs> David Tulumsis is what I'm going with. DC Hart, Debbie Vervnik, Vervink, Debbie Vervink, E. Lopez. So what's funny about this is I wanted to fucking help Steve, but Steve's done all the homework on how these are actually pronounced. He's tried really hard to I be haven't. polite. There, there are people who like, unless they literally came to me, it was like, yes, this is how you pronounce my name. I know. But a lot of them are just like, good luck. E. Lopez, Elizabeth Hubbard, M. Versico, Enza, Erica Spies. That's German. Spies. I'm pretty sure. Irvin Florine, Gavin Holter, Georgia, Hannah E. Crocker, Heath Pennington, uh, Irene Denise Spikes, Jadinklage Marjon. <laughs> Jacqueline. Now I'm just saying them all. <laughs> Jacob Sischler. <laughs> Jade. Jake Lindhoff. James Tarkey. Jeanette Murphy. Jen Robinson. Jenny Wichern. Jennifer Knopfsinger. Uh, Jenny. Jez Jez? Jez Jez. Jess R, Jesse, Jesse Maynard, Jessica L. Cruz, Jillian Blackburn, Jillian Laub, Jillian Laub, Jillian Morgan, Jimmy Gadd, Joel Archer, Joel Diamond, John Collins, John Maddox, John May, John T, John Rustin, Jordan, Jordan Wood, Josephine Newbert, Joyce Seiler, Judy Ball, Julia Vlasnuk, Vlasnuk, Vlasnuk. Do we know Russian? You had a good rhythm there. Julia Vlasnuk. Julie McGrath, Jungle, Justin Edelheit, Kalisha, first of her name, Candace Worth, Kate, Katharina, Katie Blair, Katie Morgan, Kayla Higgins, Carrie, Kevin Struther, Kiki Newton, Kimberly Porton, Cody Stevens, Kristen Wessel. I almost said Vessel because I was in the German mode. <laughs> Kyle Willard, Lady Priss, Lauren Waller, Lily, Linus Gron, Lisa L, Lizo, 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 Max Squared and Dan Squared too. Max squared and Dan squared. It's two separate patrons. But it's, you have a squared symbol and then just a two. Because I don't know how to make the squared symbol on my keyboard. And You did it once? Well, that came like that. Oh, I really? I copied that off of the list. Oh. You do the upper carrot and then two it's like to the second power. Max squared and Dan <laughs> squared. Mallory Drake, Mandy Spears, Marcel, Dave Abriol, Marcelina, Marcus, Maria, Matt Unden, Melina, Melissa McGee, Mel's, Michelle Moore, Mike, Mindy, MJ, Monique Wilshire, Nate Sussman, Neil Wagner, Nick Nolte, hey, hey, hey. Nicole C, Nicole shit. Casas, Orion Moore, Paula Garcia. Hey, Nicole follows me on Twitter. I just realized I need to follow you back. Patty McKay, <laughs> Phil, Philip O, Rachel Baron, Rachel M, Rebecca Hill, Reese Koski, Reed family, Robin Puncelon, Ryan Holmes, Samantha Snyder, Sandra, hey, Sarah Furman, Sarah Ann Spencer, Savannah Lon, Scarecrow 2409, Sean Callahan, Sergio Zasiu, Shannon Myers, Shannon Timchula, Shay McCullough, Shep, Stacy with an E, Stacy, Stephanie Lidbetter, illustration. 
Sorry, I started thinking about yellow lead better the whole time. <laughs> Same. Stephanie Pagalis, twice. Stephen Vukovic, Susanna Rode, Sydney Day, Tabitha Ray, Tamara Dale, Tara, Taylor Juarez, Teresa Savage, the Thank Alex, you. the Alex G, the Alex G, Thomas Jackson. Thank you. Thomas Vander Hayden. Thank you. Thumbs, TJ Himes, Toby Mann, Toby Dara, Derry. Shit. Toby, it's right there. Tony Derry, <laughs> Tori Pittman, Trisha Bueller. Bueller, Tyler, <laughs> Tyler Romine, Will Bergstrom, Will Nash, Yarf, Yolanda B, <laughs> Zach Tripp. Thank you guys so much for all of your support. We love, love you all. Yarf. <laughs> <laughs> Hot fuzz. <laughs>